Hey there, welcome to Motorcycles and Misfits here at the Recycle Garage in wet and rainy Northern California Santa Cruz. Hey, this is Naked Jim here, bringing it in heavy to rock out the end of the year. Liza, who do we have with us tonight? I'm, I'm just stunned. You did that so well. I, I was like the morning crew on exactly K107 FM. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you're going to do it, you, gotta, you may as well jump in with both feet. You may as well jump in with two front wheels. There you go. Hey, everyone. This is Eliza, and I'm feeling good. You look good. I'm, you look, I'm feeling good. You look Parisian. <laughs> <laughs> Parisian? Yeah, we'll get to What does that, that mean? <laughs> and of course, running the board, it's Stumpy John. What's up, party people? In the hizzle for shizzle. There you go. There you go. And uh, of course, that was the dulcet tones of Jim, Naked Jim. And we're missing a bunch of people. That was because, John. Because it is is the season for people to be getting sick. For upper respiratory illnesses. <laughs> so unfortunately, yeah, Bagel and Emma backed out today, not feeling up to it. Womp, womp. No, yeah, no I'm sad to hear that. I'm going to message uh, Emma after this. Yeah, yeah. I hope everyone's okay. But yeah, it is. It is the season, and it was raining today. Oh yeah, so, and sunny at the same time. I got. It. Did you catch that when it was pouring rain? Then the sun. Yeah, came all of out. a sudden it was like beautiful and raining. And then it started raining. Again. It was awesome. Yeah. Yep. It didn't stop some people from showing up. <laughs> Charlie showed up in the pouring rain. So, um, but no, I spent a couple hours. By myself and uh, got some cleaning done. So what I felt were you good doing? About that. You were like rubbing down a seat when I swung by or something. You're pitter pattering. Oh, I don't want to talk about pitter pattering around. Rubbing the seat down? I don't want to talk about. No, oh. my 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 KTM got kicked out of the garage to make room for all that gear that came in, and it's just getting dirty out in the oh, in yeah. the tent, and so it's just dirty. That's all. It, all right. it made me sad. So. I'm giving it some love, and I only got so far as cleaning the seat. Yeah, well, it's winterize your time bike. Yeah, winterize your bike time. But, um, but you know, it may be kind of raining and crappy today, but boy, yesterday it was perfect riding weather, and so might as well start out with our ride report. Um, Jim and Tad and I went for a ride, and it was kind of it was kind of uh, interesting. Because we had similar bikes. They were all blue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I took out the Niken and then Tad was on his uh, Tracer GT, which is the Niken minus one wheel, mm-hmm. basically. And then uh, Jim was on his, let's see, full. Suzuki uh, GSXS 1000 GT. So we're all on GTs. Yeah, it's true. All the oh. sport touring. All sport touring. That's that's interesting, the common thread. Yeah. And um, they're all GTs, sport touring bikes. And they're all like the same, like dark blue, all good looking bikes too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And even when we started off, uh, Jim and I were on comms and I'm like, you, can you have imagined like a few years ago when we were all working on our crappy old bikes, <laughs> three of us be setting out on these like nice bikes with all the electronics and that's everything. you guys adulting. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> there was there was a theme to the uh, to the maturity of motorcycling. I think throughout our day, actually. Exactly, and um, you know, we set out for a nice, easy ride, and we we are blessed. We 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 talk often about 
the roads we have available in the Santa Cruz Mountains and to make it as easy as possible, we did basically a straight shot uh, up Highway 9, which is nice, twists through the Redwoods, goes way, I mean, way up there, all the way to Skyline Boulevard, which then you get, um, you take that, it's a little bit, it's a faster road. You get the car clubs. We saw lots of Porsches. Mm-hmm. Lots of, uh, what were the Ducatis we kept seeing? Multistratas. Lots of Multistratas. Oh, yeah. Wow. Why? I don't know. People have, people. there's money around here. Yeah, a little bit. Took that, did a little pit stop at Alice's restaurant, which was- How many people gathered around the Nike at Alice's? Well, and I, I told him, <laughs> he's like, let me stop and get a drink. I'm like, oh no. Oh no. Well, I just want to drink some water. I know. It's it's like uh But as we're rolling in, Liza's like, How how long do you think it's gonna be before some old dude walks up and starts asking me about the bike? And I'm <laughs> yeah. like, Yeah, maybe, whatever. We park and it had to be about thirteen seconds. Yeah, exactly. and the before the like, helmet's off. Hey, I can see one in person kind of a thing. So I think that was striking. There was immediate curiosity. And it was genuine and like people were digging it. I think the biggest thing is people hadn't seen them in real life. Yeah, they haven't seen one in the wild. I mean, yeah, they're kind and of. That rare. little Japanese guy hopped right on it. Yeah, yeah. He was digging it. But they said the same thing about your bike, too. Hadn't seen one of those in the wild yet. I know, right? We went from crappy old bikes to look. People look, they talk about our bikes at the at Alice's. I know. But then you go up there, every bike you can talk about. We saw some, a CB750 came in that was great. We saw a water buffalo. Yeah. Oh, wow. That was yeah. looked, I mean, from, you know, where we were at, like super clean. Someone rode it in. So there's a lot of bikes to look at when you stop. And this at was Alice's. just you know the overflow parking lot. This yeah. isn't even Alice's parking lot. Um, so that was a nice pit stop. Talk. Yeah, it's a nice Ho- vibe too. I tell hopefully you. Hopefully, new listener Nathan. Yeah, I met a cool dude who on his K1600. Nice collection of BMWs in the stable. Yeah, he, he enjoyed telling us about his was a 650 cc scooter. <laughs> yeah, that he the rips BMW. through the mountains yeah, the and passes yeah. passes guys on sport bikes. I'm like, I don't doubt it. But just uh, a nice ride and. The none of us like needing to like go fast. Like we'd get behind cars sometimes, not frustrated. Just like it was one of those beautiful days where you're just. I mean, the weather was in freaking incredible. Just, just enjoying. I told Jim, so. Uh, shout out to Scott Nelson, who should be coming joining us soon. He gave us some Christmas candy the other day. Oh God, that box uh, was yeah, that was great. And uh, I didn't have any food for breakfast yesterday, so I ate the last of the candy. So by That's the time we, <laughs> by the time Jim and I were taking off, I'm like, so I'm not feeling quite well. I was kind of feel a little ooky, but you know what? As soon as I got on the bike, like it all goes away. Mm. Yeah, like, it was, everything's right. Yeah, because the night before, I was a little woozy in the morning too because we yeah. went uh, the old punk band X played at the Rio Theater. <laughs> So we went. And oh, checked, did you go? Yeah, so we oh, checked fun. it out. However, across the street at the Crepe Place, which is a small little venue in town, um, iconic in its own way, I guess. There was an even better punk band. Who so we that? bounced back and forth between X and this. Wait, wait, wait! A, a punk band at a Crepe Place? Yeah, you know the Crepe Place down on Seabright. Yeah. So it's like a it's a bar restaurant. They have all this cool outdoor scene, but at nighttime they'll shut it down and do music. Oh, okay. I'm so it was about the sex pistols to think about you know doing stuff at a crate place. Yeah, that no, was ripping. So yeah, I, we had kind of late night Friday, and I knew the best thing for me, a little bit hungover, was to hop on the bike and air it out, and it sure was, especially coming down the coast. We had a great lunch. Yeah. So just um just one of those rides where like just just to feel good, like I could feel the endorphins just. 110 mm-hmm. percent just feels good all the bikes 
were riding well, and, and we, we were doing traded. some yeah. doing some bike swapping. So I rode the Tracer to see how it compared, and uh, Tad rode the Nikon, which I think he liked. He did. He had a he had a great curiosity about it. Because, yeah, he sent me an article this morning. He's like, oh, here's an article, a review on it. Well, it's interesting. We were talking about, I think you and I just earlier about how we all kind of personalize our bikes at this point in very kind of specific and particular ways on things we like. It could be heated gear. It could be grips. It could be a windscreen, whatever. And as you and Tad were trading back and forth between bikes, all the little tweaks that had to happen or, <laughs> or things to know about the other person's bike. You know, Tad's like, oh, I changed the gearing in the front and the rear. And Anyway, it was, it was pretty fun trading, trading bikes. Yeah, and um, well, I'm, I'll just jump into that right now. I we were having this conversation. I said, you know, I'm at this age in my life where there are certain creature comforts on a motorcycle and and in my gear that like I have to have, like full stop. Like all my bikes will have a power outlet, a phone mount, hand guards, an extended windshield. And some sort of luggage capacity of some type. Couldn't you mount an iPad so you can watch movies? Oh, I'm surprised you haven't come up with that. Yeah. Oh, and yeah, did I say heated grips? Like, I've just realized like these are all the things I need, and it doesn't matter if it's the dirt bike, a touring bike. Except Jim won't let me put all the things on the Scrambler. Well, yeah, it's a re- leave, just leave it alone. It's a re- retro-looking yeah. British bike, but she already put the Bing Bang handguards on it, so now do whatever you want to <laughs> Bastard- bastardize it at will. Um, but yeah, on the Nike night last week, I added the handguards and then my latest shipment from AliExpress came in and it was the, the rear case mounting plate mm-hmm. that I is an obtainium. I could not find anywhere through Yamaha, eBay, anywhere, but they have one on AliExpress that strangely, I don't know how many bikes that fits, but it's made to fit the Yamaha Top case. I didn't think to look at um, Tad's bike. Did he have a similar tail? No, his was a little bit different. Okay. Yeah. No, I did look at that too. Um, So it's like specifically like the Nikon mounting plate for the Yamaha. It was was very weird that they would have it, but they did. It worked. Bolted it on. Got a nice big top case. I now have all the things that I need. But yeah. The hand guards. You exceeded the uh, you exceeded the speed tolerances on it, so we did put it through yeah. a stress test. Was but it, you're kind of the same. Like you're 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 wanting to add hand guards. Like well, I was you learn say, the I, little things. Yeah, and it's been interesting since I got the Suzuki. I've been very particular about modifying it as little as possible. Um, so the only things I think I put a touring the Suzuki OEM touring windscreen on yeah. it, um, and I just put the Suzuki OEM hand heated grips on it, which are nice and clean. Yeah, um, and that's it but what i am going to add and i think this has become one of my kind of must-haves are hand guards and yeah. the, the reason being is the weather um you know in the mornings i ride yeah. and it's it's chilly and like if you, all of us know if you have heated grips the inside of your hands are hot the outside get cold and on the bikes i do have hand guards um your hands are so much warmer mm-hmm. so all i'm looking for I, I got some moose racing ones they're the open-ended dirt bike hand guards so super streamlined uh-huh. and shout out to Doug at Santa Clara cycle. He, I, uh, he helped me kind of pick out some that we thought would kind of fit in there. So I haven't put them on. I was going to put them today, but the rain came. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, handguards. That's my new. So we all had kind of the similar modifications that like, yeah, these are these, these creature comforts that I, I have to have now. Um, and yeah, it was fun trading bikes. The, so the tracer GT felt immediately just comfortable. It felt taller 
900, but my bike has a lowering kit, so I don't. Nine hundred cc. It's a. I think it's the same. They have recently upgraded from the eight forty seven to uh, eight like ninety two or something. That's what like the new MTO nine and the new mm-hmm. Nikon have that, but. Um, I don't know if his. I, I think his is the same. I think they're all nine hundred. Eight forty-seven. Call them nine hundred. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, his bike that irritates me so much. If it's an eight forty-seven, it should be an eight fifty. Mm-hmm. I want to call weights and measures. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, the thing I found interesting on the uh, tracer was the same issue I had with the uh, the FJ09. When the FJ09 came out, I wanted to love it. I was like, this is everything I want. You had one or no? No, I went to do a test ride. But mm. I love the triple. And I like I love the, the FZ09. Mm. But I wanted more upright, adventure-style bike. And I'm like, this is the one. I'm surprised you didn't love the, the Tiger. And when I went and rode the FJ09, the foot pegs were slightly behind my center of gravity, which oh. really bothered me. Because on an adventure bike, you need to be able to use your legs as added suspension and sometimes be able to pop up or take a hit. And uh, it, but they were behind my center of gravity. And so I was surprised when I got on the tracer that they felt like they're just like two inches back, almost like, I mean, sport style. But my Nikon isn't, it's, it's. Not forward, but it's just planted right straight underneath me. And uh, so it felt a little tight. I, just not a fit for me. Not to say it wouldn't be for someone else. But that's the one thing, that foot foot peg location. But it, same, we, we all had quick shifters on our bikes, you know, a lot of the same little things. Um, they all rode very well together. And... Um, yeah, uh, it was fun kind of seeing the seeing the Nikon in action, you know, like seeing it in my mirrors or seeing it, you in front of me. But I thought that we had that one little test where yes. <laughs> we were coming through the twisties and happened to just be where some other motorcycles were passing. So we're, you know, giving a little hand wave. And it, the light up there is very modeled in the sense that there's trees and the sun's low in the sky. So the pavement's like light, dark, light, dark. You You're know? right. I think I was looking at my rear view mirror because we had some bikes passing us and just and, watching um, them. Out of the blue, there was a section of pavement in our lane. No, out of the blue, Jim screams. Yeah, because I was like, ah. Because ah! there's a section of pavement that sunk down. Oh. And if I had seen it earlier, it'd be like, no big deal, whatever. But I just saw it the last minute because I was looking at these motorcycles. And it wasn't just a dip. It was a crack in the pavement. It was like something the width of a car, a big mm-hmm. truck tire, and probably... 20 feet long and the difference in height had to been four to six inches yeah exactly and it was so it was a crack so you really can't get your tire caught onto that edge you know you'd, you'd like to stay away from it so i last minute i was like uh, and i just kind of you know went around it no big deal but it got my attention and then <laughs> i had a second later i hear ah <laughs> but you got to test out the two-wheel yeah. suspension yeah thing. that was one of my concerns because not still trying to understand how the nikon suspension works but if one wheel suddenly is higher than the other, does it push you over off balance? And it didn't at all. They're independent, completely independent. You're like, this is going to be good or bad. It's going to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it was super smooth, huh? Yeah. So. Well, they're independent, but there, is, a, some, there is some linkage that I didn't notice up under the fairing that do, do, does connect the forks. And it's yeah. just, it's a fascinating piece of engineering. 
Yeah. So really, um, it, it it looks like this big, heavy thing, but it rides very nimble very and quick. Very comfortable. I mean, just coming home, got it up to triple digits yeah. on yeah. Highway 1. Yeah, we got it going. Though your bike did accelerate faster than mine. Yeah, well. But, um, and then we, of course, you know, lived a ride, ride to eat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Where'd you go to Sam's? Uh, we went to Sam's. Love Sam's. For seafood. Yeah, Sam's seafood place, Half, Half Moon Bay. Bay. Yep. Best clam chowder in the area. Yeah. They, they, I had the big bowl. Yeah, I, I had the it. big bowl love of it, chowder. Love it. Did you and, have the, um, the, uh, they have a, uh, soft serve yogurt at the oh. for dessert with olive oil and salt on oh, it. No shit. It's freaking awesome. Oh. It sounds horrible. No, I love but that it's stuff. Freaking awesome. I love that stuff. No, I did have um, uh, the chowder and some meatballs. You no. outside of meatballs really? and the chowder or outside of the chowder. No, outside. <laughs> but we, we had we had that moment where we're sitting there on the out, outdoor patio in the sun, and just still have like feeling the endorphins from just a great ride, and. Eating oysters and yeah. lobster and and mm. I just was like, yeah, this is like, this is it. This is like the pinnacle. Like this is life does not get better. It's one of those moments where so you're sitting you, in it and go, yep. Would you do Sam's or would you do a big bag of seafood? Which is your favorite? What? Like the big the thing we went to the the Chinese the place we the go to crab, oh the yeah crab boil. What's but, a, you like the boil or the Sam's better? Well, the sitting outside on a patio looking at the ocean. You mean it's not as nice as a crust, nice. crusty old Chinese restaurant? <laughs> yeah, across, well, from, across from the dollar store, yeah. Not, not only do they have lobster rolls, but they have multiple kinds of yeah, lobster rolls. Yeah, and a full bar. Uh, and then we got to come home just feeling good, and we shot straight down Highway 1. That's when you had your Parisian look. You should show Don a picture. <laughs> Liza, so it's sunny out there, right? The sun was strong. And I had my hat on and stuff, and uh, Tad had a visor, and Liza had her neck muff. Like, you know, you wear it like a hat sometimes, but she had it draped over the side of her face. Like, oh, yeah, you look I said, does it look good? He goes, oh, yeah. Liar. But the nice about Sam's is it's um, the parking lot gets slammed. So cars trying to park just keep going in circles and stuff. But on the motorbikes, there's yeah. plenty of nook and cranny parking. So even yeah. though everybody's, like, trying to, like, stressing over parking – you can always find parking on a motorcycle. And we got lucky. I thought almost always we can find a seat at the bar. We've never had to wait. Um, but this time it wasn't. There were lots of open tables. Hmm. It was perfect. And then, yeah, coming home with the views of the ocean and the waves. It was iconic and, Highway like, 1. The sun and like. Yeah, it was great. And then we did hit some of the passing lanes where we got to open it up a little bit. But we were talking about like for all of us, like this is this is one of those like men- mental health rides yeah. where you're like. Everything feels right. Like everything mm-hmm. just. Mm. I was clearing good. out a hangover. Everything but yeah, is good. Same thing. Everything yeah. is good. And uh, yeah, so just. Yeah. You know fun. when you need one of those. Yeah. I well, I rode it. the Nike too for a while and it was a very comfortable place to be. The seat's cozy. Tons of wind protection. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're like, I could see if you were doing a bunch of miles, just want to be kind of lazy for the most part. It's a great way to, to ride. Yeah, I'm. I'm I'm really enjoying it. I I think uh, all three bikes were very well suited for the type of the riding we do. It's, they're all sport touring bikes that can flick through the the twisties as well as they can just do a hundred miles an hour down that down the highway. I think it's worth talking about though. You were under impressed by my Jixer S. <sighs> you want me to go there? I think we should. Why not? I think it's it's healthy. All right, I'm gonna. I'm going to tell you my real assessment. Okay. 
because I, I didn't want to insult you. I, ex- okay, let me, and let me explain it all. So when I rode your Jixer, I was underwhelmed having ridden bikes before like an S1000RR or an R1 or a Jixer 750 or even going back to my GPZ 1100, right? That these bikes, when you give it the beans, they like spool up instantly and like, and like, you just get tossed back and you're like, oh my God, am I going to hold on? But your bike, and I, I say it's neutered in that you would give it the beans and go, like you could feel it almost plateau and then in a controlled way, still accelerating. It was still faster than all of our bikes, but in this very like controlled, I, I say neutered, but that sounds like I'm being insulting. And I, I was saying that for all the reasons you wanted that bike to have something that is safer to ride, it seems like that's what it's made to do because it is harnessed. It is harnessed power. It's not just like unleash it. Yeah. It's not the the explosive power so, that I was expecting yeah. out of a yeah. Jixer 1000. Right, right. It was very refined and controlled and comfort comforting not we, scary we, we does that to, make sense we ended up calling it sophisticated at the end yeah yeah i'm, I'm trying to I, like well, i've ridden bikes that you're like oh my god well if you look at the jixer 750 right that that's a, a out of the box ready to race bike right and uh, so it's a it's a racing yeah. sport bike well, my bike has has integrated luggage so <sighs> i think i think the difference is you know it's a grand touring bike it's a gt so um, I, I'll, I'll still say the FC one is a more fun bike to ride. It's more nimble. It has all the power. It just doesn't have the ABS and traction. Well, um, the traction control was on and same with like my bike mm-hmm. traction control is on. You can, uh, wheelie, uh, your bike, you can wheelie a Nike, but you got to take the traction control off. I think that's what gives you the scary power is you have to take that off. So we, neither bike did we, none of the bikes did we take it off. We're not like, oh. so that's why I think I was like, oh, you can really feel the electronics coming in and just kind of controlling how it's doling out the power. Mm-hmm. So you can't get too much, but it still is so well refined that it's taking off way faster than me, mm-hmm. but not in a hold on. Like an explosive manner. It's right. not like an explosive bike. Like we were talking, mm-hmm. what model was that? Super Duke that you had that scared me. Well, it was a 990 Super Duke. Yeah. And it was naked, right? The Street yeah. Fighter looking one. Yeah. And that thing just had such a poppy throttle. Yeah. Right. Like if you compared those two, even that KTM was a much, much more, you know, explosive kind of a bike. Yeah. But anyway, it was fun. It was kind of so I got to ride both of, you know, your, the Nikon too. So it was fun to compare the, you know, the inline fours and the triple I guess now, motors. do I want to, maybe it would be interesting to try your bike again with the traction control off. Yeah, in sport mode with traction control off, that would be kind of fun. Because then that might have the spooky the spooky mode. Oh, yeah, you can get the wheel off the ground because I did that. That's why I keep the traction control <laughs> on. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that's exactly what it was because I could actually feel like that burst of power and then mm-hmm. it kind of level off. Yeah. And like just in this very controlled acceleration. Yeah. So, anyway, I thought it was just kind of interesting, fun to talk about. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'll just say just to end the perfect day. John and Mrs. Stumpy and I went to the Warriors basketball game. That was game. such a great game. 
minor and league was, warriors. Just I wanted to clarify. D league, which is probably better. Actually, G league. He explained the difference to me. G league is different than D league. Well, when did it go from D to G? D, D, D is usually the developmental league for the first time uh, kids who get uh, picked in the draft. Right. The G League will have some kids that got drafted, but mostly undrafted kids that they bring in. So they're better? So the D League's in the summer, usually before the the uh, the next season, and, okay. and the G League is during the season. Oh, that's cool, because they started, it was D League. But yeah, good, yeah, good They changed for them. it a couple years ago. Right on. So yeah, we have the Warriors minor league team here just a few blocks so from, from the garage. Yeah. And uh, what a game. And, you know, cheap. You, they got this new crazy thing for overtime instead of doing a full period like they do for regular basketball they do a oh yeah it's the first team to get seven points wins it's like a sudden death seven points oh yeah and they were getting intense that's awesome yeah the first first three quarters trampled and then they just came back in the last quarter and got ahead and then the other team tied it up and then it went into this ot first to seven and they they slammed it it was so fun that's yeah. awesome they turn the clock off and whoever make and it's game to seven. they seven. keep the shot clock on but not the game clock that's mm-hmm. awesome yeah i bet people are going crazy yeah it was and, fun and it's fun and some of these guys do get pulled up to two play at the warriors sometimes. two of them got pulled up this year already and, and put back down but yeah well yeah sometimes yeah. they they yeah they pull them up put them on the roster like for different baseball. stuff yeah. it's um, fun there's times i've been and you'll see you know everybody's playing and you know they make mistakes and they're definitely not nba level and then somebody will come out and just dominate the game, and they're like, "Oh yeah, that guy actually plays for, you know, yeah, at when, the pro level. He's coming off an injury, mm-hmm. right? And when like, they rehab, they go there, and yeah. you get to see the di- like how good those guys are. Then you see what it takes to go to that next. And level. You'll see the coach, like the Steve Kerr, will be there often, and oh, that's, really? That's, that's cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. When I was there a couple of weeks ago, um, one of the Warriors coaches was there, but um, it was just. And they won, and the crowd went wild, and it was great. So great to have that in town. What are seats yeah. like? Forty five bucks or something? We we were in the cheap seats, which is the seventh row, <laughs> yeah. for forty bucks. Yeah, right at the fifty yard, fifty <laughs> right in the mid court. That's awesome. Yeah. What was the halftime? Row. What was halftime entertainment? Oh my god, it was um, a junior high. Um, oh yeah, the band marching band, With the tiniest junior high awesome. I've ever seen in my life. With a flautist from who's in the sixth grade, who's about three foot nine. Yeah, she was cute. <laughs> That's right. They have like a tuba. Yeah, there was a tuba. a tuba. <laughs> All the stuff, but so that just kind of ended. Just a, a perfect, perfect day. That's so fun. yeah, you both were part of that perfect day. Good ride. Just really perfect timing before we got into the rain. Um, I'm going to uh, jump around. We got. Different topics, but I'm going to jump around. I wanted to talk about. Oh, I'm going to make an announcement. Yeah, let's talk about some of the upcoming stuff we got going on the. I'm going to make an announcement. So I had kind of teased about that I may be going on a trip to Peru, and I finally got the clearance. I am going to Peru. Oh, that's great. That's awesome. Is that Machu Picchu? Yes, I'm going to go to Machu Picchu. Wow, and Lake Titicaca. (laughs) That's worth going to just for the name. Yep. Oh my goodness! Um, but I'm really excited, and I wanted to kind of share. Um, this is actually going to be—they're uh, going to come on as uh, a sponsor of our show uh, as part of this this trip. But I'm I'm pretty excited about this. This is a company called Vintage Rides, and um, it's a French motorcycle tour company. We have talked about them before. Yes, uh, with Wendy Crockett. I interviewed her. Yes, exactly. And I learned about... Uh, and if you actually go to vintagerides.travel, that is the um, English website. If you go to vintagerides.com, it is 
the French website. Bonjour. And so this is a company that is uh, headquartered in France and in India because they partnered with Royal Enfields. And they have tours all over the world. And I'm I'm kind of excited that I've discovered them because, I don't know, traditionally I think, I mean, we've all got all these tours going on, um, you know, with Cat McLeod and with Moin Khan and uh, uh, we got all the, you know, uh, Breaking Away Matt, you know, all these things that we do. But to me, tours had mostly been really expensive kind of for rich people. You go ride BMWs around Germany or mm-hmm. Ducatis in Italy or it, go to South Africa cheap, and ride yeah. with these, Charlie Borman. These are reasonable. You know, for like eight grand. Like tours to me were out of reach for most of my life. Mm-hmm. Until I discovered Pakistan, I'm like, well, this is cheap. I love this, you know, and it and it's kind of gritty and fun. But this company offers so many varieties of tours, which is amazing. And I'm talking about so many continents. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about Asia, Europe, Africa. What did I miss? South America. South America. Um, what's the one? It's not Myanmar. What's um Bhutan. Bhutan. I, th- I thought yeah. the fact you can go to Bhutan was pretty fascinating. Um, they go to India, South Africa, Peru. What I, I thought was great is, and it actually kind of sounds like fun, is you can take an adventure class, like adventure writing class. In France. In France. Yeah. How cool would that yeah. be? But the other thing, too, like, uh, so I'm going to Peru. They have six different Peru trips this year alone. Wow. Just Just Peru. So they've developed these tours all over in all these different countries, and they have multiple ones throughout the year happening. And they're not that expensive. For instance, um, the Peru trip, I think, is this is past, I think about $5,500 uh, for two weeks. Yeah, they're not short. They, they're, I'll, I'll say they're not expensive, but they're not cheap either by any means. But it is like almost two full weeks, which well, is a pretty long with, time. Yeah, that's, that's with everything included. Yeah, yeah. So if, yeah. even if you're going like to Maui or Mexico, you know, it's going to run up to that much money. So. Yeah, the, the fact they're a couple of weeks is pretty cool. The other thing that I like is they've separated all their tours into these categories. So you got the adventure touring. So you can click on adventure tour and it tells you this is like six to eight hours um, a day. What do they say? Um, there's going to be some dirt. Yeah, six to eight hours of riding a day. Unexpected events on the road, remote regions, right? Or you can choose luxury tour. And luxury tour, um, that's more for like people want to go like two up. Um, it says three to four hours of riding a day, relaxation and free time, boutique or superior comfort hotels. Okay, so you want something a little like bit that. nicer. Or motorcycle ramble is a category. Hmm. What's a motorcycle ramble? Four to six hours of riding a day, routes blending culture and discovery, and that's boutique or comfort accommodations. So like um, they like the rambles go to India, Nepal, Thailand, Laos, Indonesia, and they even have women's only. <clears throat> I was going to ask about that. Yeah, there's a <clears throat> Nepal trip for women. Um, and then there's even another category. Oh, yeah, the motorcycle training. Yeah. You can go do training. I, so I think it's so cool how they've 
I've never seen a motorcycle tour company that provides so many different options. And what I like is that you can kind of get in, like do one of their tours and like, well, where, where do you want to go next year? And kind of just, they offer so much. I, I'm kind of like, it's like seeing a menu at a restaurant and you can't decide what you want. So you want to keep going back to that restaurant and trying the different dishes. Yeah, it's pretty neat. And yeah, I like the uh, the adventure ones they have, which is a lot, a lot more dirt, like half dirt riding. Yeah, and I remember we were talking to <clears> Wendy. Um, they got local guides and get it all sorted out. And But yeah, the amount of locations are just wild. And they're all on Royal Enfields, which Rwanda, is another part. Yeah, Tanzania, that's on my list. Dude. Um, that's, so that's part of what makes it affordable too, is on these, on these Royal Enfields, which somebody might say, why would you take like a bike that's going to break down? Because you can fix it really easily everywhere in, in all these places. So, um, yeah, the, uh, three days of off-road training in France is about $1,100. That's not really bad. That's not bad at all. <laughs> no. no. I mean, well, I'm looking. There's one in Sri Lanka. It's only 3100 Well, the pack. I'm looking at the Himalaya one, and it's only mm. like less than two grand. So yeah, that, that's reasonable. We're gonna we're Seriously. gonna be we're gonna be talking more, but I'm excited to be partnering with uh, Vintage Rides, and uh, just because I simply love everything they have to offer, and as a motorcyclist, I've never found this many affordable trips yeah and ones that kind of they don't all fit my style like cat mcleod does these amazing adventure rides and i've always i i tease them because like mike and emma they love doing those trips i'm like i'm not really a like a nice day ride and then have some Mm -hmm. pasta and 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 wine i'm not really that type of person you know i like to there to be the risk of death at some point (laughs) in the trip yeah like like the guy jumping out the kitchen window when the propane <laughs> tank was on fire. <laughs> I kind of yeah. like if you don't get fire breathing diarrhea, it's not a good trip. Uh, I kind, I kind of this will sound weird, but I, I kind of like like the thrill that there may be dirty sheets on the bed. There you go. You know what I mean? <clears throat> because you're staying in a place that like just different, like isn't really a hotel, but travelers mm-hmm. are put up in in the local village. You know, mm-hmm. I I, I kind of like that. that Oh, is that Adventure. a oh a motorcycle outside? Okay, I thought it reminded me of the days when Bosley was here with Snore. Oh, no, I miss Bosley. Anyway, so Whoa. oh, there he is, right there. <laughs> check out, um, yeah. The other thing vintage I like about rides. vintage rides is we know Wendy, and Wendy totally vouches for him. So it's like Wendy's not going to vouch for stuff. Yeah, so yeah, good, they so. they brought um, Wendy on to get exposure. They're trying to break into the American market, mm-hmm. and I'll be honest, that's another thing I'm kind of. Uh, think it's going to be cool that knowing that going on these tours there's going to be a lot of europeans so it's going to be a different crowd look i'm just going to say it americans can be um bad travelers sometimes it can be embarrassing we're awesome what are you talking about you know what i mean america fuck yeah you know what i mean america baby so i'm kind of looking forward to <clears throat> traveling with Some europeans mis- hmm. what you have an opinion <laughs> no i mean you bring your foie gras with the europeans us Americans, you were, were uh, bonjour, ça va? There we go. We oui, ça va bien. <laughs> Man, you're not. Cl- I don't know if you're like high class enough for Europeans, Liza. I 
cannot argue with that. <laughs> You'll be fine. Right, I have to change your underwear. Because I'm an like American. <laughs> Got to change your underwear. Yes, exactly. Oh, I'm going to be the American. It's the universal love of, of motorcycle. <laughs> we'll, we'll, no, it'll be fine. We we'll, love our yeah. heroes. Uh, you know, I, yeah, I will be the one like, hey, guys, watch this. Da, 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 da. Ah, <laughs> oh, stupid Americans. Yeah, make Always sure, farting. Make sure you're wearing your baseball cap. <laughs> yeah, and your cargo shorts. Yeah, my Crocs. Um, so yeah, I'm going to talk more about that, but I'm excited. So I am going to Peru, but you guys got some stuff. That yeah. That, so that too. said, it is time to start preparing for Stumpistan. <laughs> oh, yeah. So coming up 2024. Yeah. Dirty so it, sheets and the possibility of death. <laughs> don't scare my people. And away. you will have some, some stomach issues. No, Moyne has actually. No, up, Moyne is very careful. Moyne has upped the hotels. Yeah, they're nice. The When I talk about dirty sheets, that's when you're literally staying in like a village and they're just like they roll yeah. out carpet and put mattresses out and make a hotel for you so it's going to be a phenomenal trip this year it's going to be a slightly different than the last one we did we're going to go up to the highest polo field in the world oh shandur yeah and uh so if, even if you went last time this will be a different ride but it's coming up quick and i would love to make sure we fill this trip out um because we need uh yeah it's just a great it's such a great time and it's so worth your time and energy well you're going. You're doing the same route. I'm going to be doing later in the year for Chicks. I always want to go first. I know you're going first. <laughs> I'll tell you the thing that I am most excited that you're going to visit. I, I'll get to revisit. But besides Shandur, um, is the Kalash Valley. Mm. And for me, Kalash Valley is one of the really coolest places I visited in Pakistan. That reminds you. It, it it breaks the stereotype of what you think people from Pakistan are. Mm-hmm. The Kalash Valley, and you're on the eastern side, and you're just, I think, six miles from Afghanistan, but it's over mountains, so it's not like desert. This is mountains. And these people have been persecuted for centuries from the Muslims, from the... I mean, everybody, they are their own... Um, uh, tribe on click like tribe mm-hmm. they are animists not muslims they believe that everything has a soul they are uh descendants of alexander the great they're kind of fair-skinned mm-hmm. and they the women wear this clothing festooned in colorful yarn with that's something that you might see in like peru or bolivia you know mm-hmm. it's not anything like what you expect to see in this region and um you're welcomed into their their village into their homes um there's a museum there with all sorts of like artifacts and history you're going to go up to their cemetery Mm -hmm. which is open caskets in a boulder field which is interesting but even just the ride up into this valley is one of those dirt roads carved out of the side of a cliff with a raging Incredible. river down below, yep. and you hope a, G- a jeep or a car well, isn't coming down because then you got to hug the cliff. <laughs> but you will be, in spite of that, you will be well taken care of. Um, we've got great, we have security with us. We've got chase vehicles. We've got mechanics with us. We've got folks to help us with luggage. It is a truly an all-inclusive trip, and I would love uh, to fill this out and to really have a Misfits con- uh, whole contingency again. So here's the dates. Uh, June 28th through July 10th of 24 
It's a 13 days and uh, 13 uh, nights, 14 day trip. You'll fly into Islamabad. We'll leave from there. And then we'll actually uh, take vans over the hill to, um, uh, to was it Muri uh, or Naran and uh, pick, oh, yeah. up, pick up our bikes there so, and, then, yeah, yeah. and then go from there. So the, the, uh, it's, it's moderately strenuous and difficulty, but I, I think most, most people could do it fine. Um, the maximum will go all the way up to uh, 15,400 feet. You'll be on a, on a Honda CB150F. Um, and we've got 12 spots available uh, right now. So, you know, I would love for you to do it. The total cost all in is uh, just over four. It's uh, $4,200 all in. So and that's food. That's housing. That's motorcycles. That's chase vehicles. That's that's everything. You just get yourself to Islamabad, and that's that's what it costs you. And oh, I guess just got licked. Pupper, hi, I thought pupper. it was Jim for a second there. Uh, but it was whiskey. Only if you've been eating fried chicken. Scott's here. Go ahead and close the door, Scott. And a puppers. Hey, whiskey. So if oh, you, you're going to Ayun Fort. Yes. Do you know what Ayun no. Fort is? That's another thing. So when you come down from the Kalash Valley, mm-hmm. you're going to be um, coming down and going through another village up to this old fort that's up on the hill above the village that's been turned into a hotel. But this fort, I mean, it's got like the walls and everything. And the guy who owns it, um, his dad has owned it for years. He was a... Not an ambassador, but was he? He might have been an ambassador, but he had traveled and he collected trees from around the world and has this amazing oasis like gardens on this property mm, inside the, the fort walls with all these trees and water features. And it's so beautiful, so cool. So I promise you that your life will be changed. I can make that promise. So you know, this is the year. None of us are getting any younger. Might as well do this stuff now when we can. For $500 or $495, you can reserve your spot. And then the rest is due before the trip. But uh, come on, Misfits. Let's go. Let's go do this. And uh, Andy, get to hang with me. And there's nothing better. Ask Liza and Jim. <laughs> Will they be sharing a room with you? But, uh, only if they want to. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm mildly gassy sometimes. The and sounds I might that come out of you, John. <laughs> yes. Well, you know. It's uh, it's part of the charm. It was a well earned name when it when the hot shot came in. <laughs> <laughs> hey Scott, hey you, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you for letting me in late. Yeah, bring bring that up closer to you. Okay, working on working on. And then, um, when are you going to go to Pakistan? Uh, so next year, I have a friend in Singapore who wants to um, have me join him in Mongolia. Mm. Still waiting on dates on that. And Pakistan is an option. And one of my friends out in the Smokies out in North Carolina wants me to go back to Europe with him. But we're thinking 25 for that one. Mm. John, are you doing a stump stand in 25? I'm not that far out yet. We'll <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Might do a Scottish stand. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, I got to set up something then. Oh, yeah. maybe. So, Jim, you have your little not a real trip trip coming up too. Yes, I got my not a rally. Not, not a, a, not not a, a trip <laughs> trip coming up. So, uh I'm, I'm calling this a motorcycle gathering. Basically. You should pay attention, Scott. You'll be interested. In so this all guy. it is is you know if you listen to the podcast, uh, we and I go down to Johnson Valley a bunch. It's 45 minutes south of Barstow, so it's Johnson Valley OHV. Okay. And uh, I'm just going to be down there the end of January, beginning of February. So it's going to be I think January 30. Or, yeah, January 30th. I think is a Tuesday. I'm going to go down there. I'll be there. Right on. Yeah, and then um, I'm going to be there till Sunday. I'm thinking, and. 
It's just come, you know, no rules, man. Just cool. There's three <laughs> rules. I'll say that. Be cool. Mm-hmm. Be kind. Bring firewood. That's really about <laughs> it. And uh, so it's BL. Here's the skinny. So it's BLM land. So it's open camping. Mm-hmm. So be self-sufficient. Um, there is a town uh, about 20 minutes away, Lucerne Valley, that has all the basic needs you could really want, which is pretty pretty handy. Yeah. Um, other couple of things. Uh, it's also the final weekend of King of the Hammers. So Ooh. this is the Ultra Four, whatever they call it. But this is the, the desert racing where these highly modified vehicles go ripping through the desert, you know, hauling ass, whatever, 100 miles an hour. Then we'll come to actual Jeep crawl sections. But if anyone knows about King of the Hammers knows what it's all about. It's this crazy rock crawl stuff, and and it gets pretty wild. I, I stumbled upon it one year, maybe five years ago, just rolling around back in the mountains. And all of a sudden, I had this vista of Hammertown. And Hammertown is where they set up for the racing. It's All it is is a spot on the map in the desert normally. But during the King of the Hammers events, um, it turns into it has to be 30,000 people. It's like Mad Max meets um, meets an America convention. It's one of the coolest things ever. There's there's motorcycles, there's race cars and trucks, people having parties. Um, so anyway, and where we camp in Johnson Valley, um, it's right on the edge of part of the race course. So one of the cool things in the morning, like say Saturday morning when the pro class is racing, we can just bip across the valley, you know, five minutes, and it's the section where the uh, you know the, the high speed stuff comes into a jeep like a jeep crawl area anyway so for people who want to join uh what kind of bike is this dirt bikes only is this uh adventure bikes is it plated only probably take whatever you want (laughs) but but you probably want a dirt bike yeah so i'll just say i'm going to try to get a flyer together in the next few days that we can post on whatever the social media stuff to give more information but uh this is desert riding so it's it's dirt bike for sure i mean if you wanted to to like cut your chops on adventure riding in the desert um, you could do it there. Um, I wouldn't say don't do it, but for the most part, if you're going to have a good time for a couple of days, you know, you want a proper dirt bike, uh, something I would say 350 CC or more. Yeah. Scott, um, don't you have a DR350? Yeah. I was hey. just thinking about yeah, that. Yeah. DR350 be perfect for that. Okay. And, um, yeah. Yeah. And like I said, well, you know, we'll just set up camp. I got a cool spot. I'll put a, a GPS coordinate out there and it's pretty easy to find. We found out last time. Yep. Uh, a couple of people found it in the dark, even which is I was pretty impressed with. Do you have to bring a shovel to bury your poop? Right, well, well you, someone will have one, but yeah, you should. Be, <laughs> well, say is be self sufficient. Kind of tra- well, yeah. You can just leave it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we're about a quarter mile from a bathroom. That's but it's like a foot of sand. There to is get a there. pit toilet, yeah. but you got to. So you don't want to bust your ass on the way to the bathroom um, to bust your ass. And just while we're while we're chatting about it, a couple things to be aware of. It is the desert in January, so cold. It, it could be cold as yeah. fuck. It could be nice. It could be windy, windy, like hurricane windy, um, for like days straight, or it could be none of that. So it's one of these things. Or it just could come, be raining cats and dogs. Yeah, yeah. It <laughs> so, could be all the above. So yeah. anyway, it it's fun nonetheless. Uh, also, just the, come prepared. The snakes are, are looking for warm bodies. Yes. yes. Hopefully, right. hopefully this, the sidewinders <laughs> will be up, in man. a hole at that I did, point. I did Death Valley in February. I'd imagine it'd be something similar, right? Weather wise, I think so. I think it's about the same elevation, like three or four thousand feet. So yeah, it. It could be who, who the fuck. It could snow. It could be like high as 68 and beautiful. You never know. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, just come, uh, you know, come be self-sufficient. We're just going to do whatever, whatever people feel like doing. Small groups, big groups, fuck around. There's plenty to do out there. So, and bring a friend, bring a couple of friends. I don't care. More the merrier. And if you need more info, you can just email us. I've been forwarding the emails to Jim, uh, motorcycles and misfits at gmail.com. Yeah. Shout out to Mark. Mark's going to do some desert racing down there too. It sounds like. Oh, yeah. 
yeah, anyway, we'll talk about that another time, but I thought that was kind of cool. And Tony, shout out to Tony. Mm-hmm. So uh, on another topic, I want to just shout out to, we're getting lots of shout out today. Uh, Missy and Matt from Motohop. Uh, you all should go here, motohop.com.co. Yeah, and I, I want to say they, they sent this to me a few weeks ago and I keep forgetting to mention it. So so we met them at Vintage Motorcycle Days uh, this year. A tremendous Yeah, remember they had that couple. tent outside yeah, our right trailer. There. I do. Yeah, they were super nice. So she's uh, they do graphic design. They have a new podcast and uh, all, kinds mm-hmm. of, all kinds of great motorcycle stuff. So go to their website, motohop.com. They sent us some stickers, so I'll pass them around to you all. But uh, yeah, I love our community. So yeah. let's support them also. So new, motohop.co. New podcast on the scene. I think they got what, like 12 episodes now, maybe? They've already got AMA Vintage Days on their 2024 20, yeah. calendar. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so talking about 24, because this is, you know, this is, we're getting near the end of the year. Yeah. Um, oh, let's, let's talk about, let's talk about two weeks from now. Yes. Oh, yeah, that's right. New Year's Eve. So we're not going to be doing a recording next week because it's going to be Christmas. Eve. Christmas Eve. Um, But the week after that, uh, Emma, John, and I have committed Mm -hmm. to be here. And I was thinking it would be fun to send out the Zoom link and let people join us for a little New Year's Eve chit-chat session. We should do like a drinking game every time. I don't know. Liza mentions <laughs> Nike and you got to take a shot or something. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> that could be dangerous. It could be. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a great idea, though. Those are always fun, man. We did that so, during the COVID. That was good. I know. That was fun. We'd have kind of, yeah, sessions. Yeah, it was fun. So we're going to be doing that, I think. And we're going to. Can we get Emma back in the bathtub like she did when she was in COVID? <laughs> remember that? Oh, my God. That was fun. I do remember that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So um, I think what we're going to do in two weeks for our last show of the this year, we will record, I think we're going to try and do early, like, I'll have to set the time, um, let's say 4 p.m. I think we can come in yeah, 4, 4 p.m. Uh, Pacific time, which would be 7 p.m. East Coast time. So I think it's early enough people want to join us. And I will be sending the link out to anyone who wants to join us. For some uh, end of the year chit chat. Yeah, those were cool. always they were fun. I like doing that. Yeah, little New Year's Eve party. Um, so uh, yeah, if you want to join us, keep an eye out for that. Um, next up, I wanted to talk about an idea I have brewing for next year. And Scott, I, I'd like your input on this. Anyone sure. can have some input on this. Normally, I prefer to kind of have a more well-formed thought before we like make an announcement. But I thought it'd be interesting to kind of just throw this idea out there and get feedback from everyone and kind of form this a little bit better. So, you know, I like doing crazy stuff like we did the Numb Nuts Challenge, you know, stuff like that. Remember even when I said I'm going to give $1,000 away to charities and let everyone choose Mm -hmm. which charities Mm -hmm. to go through? Mm -hmm. So along those lines, I decided it would be really cool next year to give away a motorcycle. Okay? Like a 2024 GSA or something like that? No. No, no, no. (laughs) No, I thought it would be fun for us to buy a, a project bike and fix it up here at the garage. Okay. as And then give it away. So, um, and again, I'm just kind of like thinking on my thought process here. I've had a couple ideas. So who would be the recipient or what kind of bike? So one of my ideas was like, um, 
Well, what what kind of bike would anybody? Uh, oh, whose phone? Yeah, was that yours? I don't think so. No, mine is muted. So is mine. Same. Mm. It's dogs. Maybe it's whiskey's phone. <laughs> Whiskey. Um. So I thought, well, who would? Almost anyone would appreciate like a neat vintage bike, right? Like a little like KE one hundred or something like that, right? A little vintage bike is fun. Um, or even a little mini bike. Stretch Busa. <laughs> anyone can enjoy a mini bike, but like not everyone would want a. We could buy them a Chinese mini bike, like an Amigo. Mm. Um, just no. Let's not do just that. no. Just no. <laughs> um, but then I also thought, me, you know, but not everybody wants, you know, an SV six fifty or an, a whatever bike we come up with, like a, a BMW touring bike or. Even a sportster, whatever we come up with, not everyone's going to want that. So I thought maybe it'd be better if we chose a bike that is meant to go to somebody who's a new rider. Mm-hmm. And that instead of somebody winning the bike, they nominate people to get the bike, uh, to be the recipient for their first bike. I think that's a better fit for what you do here. Yeah. And we could surprise the the recipient too. That would be fun. Yeah. Yes, but then we get into problems like so. I was like, so I was talking to Emma about this. Like, you think we can get like a bike for like fifteen hundred bucks and for less than a thousand, like get it fixed up and nice? And she's like, oh, definitely less than that. She she finds deals on bikes all the time. Like, yeah, but whatever bike it is, whoever wins it, we may have to spend a thousand dollars to ship it somewhere. Yeah, that's true, isn't it? I didn't think about that. Right. Well, we could, or just ask Scotty to arrive it wherever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's another thing to take into consideration. I mean, you could keep it in California, maybe. No, but I mean, uh, again, we're just thinking out loud here, yeah, trying yeah. to plan. Yeah. Like, how do we do this? Or, but I, I love the idea of enabling somebody, of of giving a bike to somebody who needs a bike. Or, okay, just spitballing here. How about this idea? I just had this. What if it's a scooter? No. <laughs> no. My Vito. kids both passed their license Vito test on scooter. That is, that's the gateway drug right there. Vito power. As, so, it's as, not a terrible As somebody idea. who was a recipient I, I of should, a free I scooter love it. from I, the garage. Yeah, I love the idea. Mm-hmm. A scooter is a bike anyone could appreciate. Yeah. When when the kids finished with the Zuma, we had it around town in Alameda, and that thing's just a gas there. Why, well, Jim? Why did you say no so fast? Because I like the idea of a we're a motorcycle garage, motorcycles and misfits. Now we all love scooters. You got to hear me out. You can't just pass I am, judgment. I am so hearing quickly. you out. I will be the first to agree. But everyone, I am giving you the stink eye. Yes, bagel's not here. So everyone you know. needs a scooter, and I, you know, I I think they're brilliant. You know, AMA Vintage Days riding around drinking a cup of coffee or rallying them through the woods. I do like them. But it's a very different, in, in a lot of ways, it's a very different animal than a motorcycle. Say, say for example, we found, I'm just for conversation's sake, like a, sure. a mid-70s XL Honda 350, mm-hmm. right? Like a nice vintage tool sport. First of all, we want, we want something that's going to be rideable and reliable and runs. Yep. They, hit, they hit the start or whatever, and it goes, kickstart it goes. So I think that's important when you, re, when you redo the bike. But what I like about it, and, and it can be any vintage-ish. It could be, an, it could be your DR350, for example. But I like the, the the dual sport bikes for a number of reasons. A, they're easy to ride. Yeah. They're light. There's one cylinder. 
They're easy to do oil changes on. They're easy to do chain adjustments on. They're neutral seating position. I think dual sports are like the best beginner bicycles for a lot of reasons. And the reason I said no so quickly, and I like the idea of a vintage, even a standard bike, you know, your Kawasaki 400, for example, is it's got that cool nostalgia to it. And I think it, that's partly what, ign- what ignited my passion in motorcycling wasn't a scooter. It was a motorcycle and dirt bikes and that kind of stuff. So I think if you're trying to ignite the passion of a new motorcyclist and you want to teach them in a misfits kind of sort of style, give them a cool looking bike that they can learn to wrench on themselves. You know, it'd be a great bike, uh, like a DR 200. Yeah, totally. Or it'd be a perfect know, bike. I was yeah, thinking like XT's. your daughter's Ascot would work too. Yeah. Ascot, a yeah. little big, maybe like the two fifties, but like okay. the XT two fifty, any, any of the two fifty yeah. dual sports, but make it kind of vintage. So when they go somewhere, they're like, check out, you know, it's, it's kind of cool, you know? Okay. You could, you could also dice it up a little bit as far as how people nominate for different categories and whichever category gets the most nominations, you get that kind of a bike. Yeah, so I I have all right two ideas to throw out. One, would this be rude if whoever is nominating is willing to pay the shipping to transport or, or to the figure bike out to the them. shipping? Yeah, whatever. Meaning, someone in California can nominate I think that's someone. Reasonable. I think that's reasonable. I was Bigfoot outside or something. Yeah. Well, what uh, I like so, but, about but, this, but you know, like I, I think you're because going they with can. This. Oh, I'd be willing to go drive three hours to go pick it up for my yeah, yeah. for my friend, my son's friend. But if it's somebody yeah. in Pennsylvania, they're like, well, would I be willing to pay to get That's this a good idea, shipped? Yep. Well, maybe. Well, it's kind of fun because we're having a conversation and, and are we soliciting ideas? If people have ideas, let us know, kind of a thing. But maybe it's. It kind of depends on what the situation and people that listen to the podcast and know what we're up to, maybe they'll maybe they would be willing to pay part of the shipping or there's some other arrangement we can work out. But I think don't don't worry about that so much. I love the idea that well, I love the idea that like a listener can say, hey, I've got someone that wants to get into writing or someone would like to get into writing. You know, and giving it away in that that vein. I think that's really cool. The reason I say that because if it's like a, a bike that's worth, you know, like DR two hundred something that's worth twelve hundred bucks, are we going to pay a thousand dollars to ship it to Florida? You know, which is what it what it could cost. Well, but or you, know, you just say, hey, that's part of the giveaway, and fuck it. Yeah. So I'm just I'm trying to figure fun. I'm trying to yeah. figure that logistics out. Mm-hmm. Um, Although it would be fun to do that and and try to get some video of it arriving. But yeah. let me throw yeah. out another idea. Maybe we already have the bike. The Nikon? Really? No. KZ? Yes. Yeah, I was yeah. thinking about the KZ. Yeah. yeah, KZ, yeah. I could see that. So, and, and here's why. I mean, I have a KZ 400, a 1976 KZ400 that sits in the back of the garage that I bought a couple of years ago when I still kind of was like, I want another project bike. And I got it running, rode it once, parked it. I've never registered it. I just drained all the fluids and like, yep, like there, here's why I have that bike and why it might be good for this. The whole reason the recycle garage exists is because of a KZ 400 that I had in my twenties in Boston Yeah, that a guy I met at a bar helped me fix it up Uh huh. and I did not have the skills or the money to keep that bike running and it was my only transportation and it meant so much to me that this guy spent time letting me use his tools and showing me how to do stuff and that stuck with me so much that that was part of the impetus for 
the recycle garage. I like that idea. And so that's why I have that bike sitting there because to me it has some significance in the roots of the garage. Yeah, yeah. Yep. great one. Good choice. Um, would you? So you, I know you got it running and all that kind of stuff. Would you? What would you do? Would you do anything to make it more special for someone than it is right now? Like polish yes. the cases or whatever that paint, would be. Paint job at our faces. I think, on. I think a paint job. So it has. It does not have the stock paint job. It has a pretty nice paint job, but it's like a, a a green that is not stock at all. And if you asked Emma, yeah. she would say, "Oh no, no, no! This is unacceptable." <laughs> and maybe getting a paint job that has our logo or something mm-hmm. on right. it. Or maybe just returning it to factory um, graphics and and making it more valuable. If it yeah, just I like had, that idea, you could sneak a dildo in there somewhere. I don't know, but yeah, I like I don't know, but factory stock. I don't know. I mean, that's possible. Um, and it's. I mean, it's. I was thinking of selling it just because of the space. Well, you're definitely in shedding motorcycle mode right now. Yeah. Well, and because I, I realize I, I'm never going to ride it. I, 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 that matters. Yeah. I fixed it up. I rode it once around the block. I went, okay, put it away. Mm-hmm. And I realized yeah, I'm never going to ride it. It is a kickstart only bike. Yeah, that's a little bit of a downside for a new rider. My first bike was a kicker, a 77 RD400. But it I is a bike that we could, as you, even like polish it up, give it the real nice treatment, everyone kind of. Jump yeah. in and and because I haven't like changed the fork oil fluid and like I mean, so that, all that's stuff, all the you stuff know? you'd like, want to do. Could you'd really wanna, go through. Well, it. you'd want to turn the bike over to someone in in pretty perfect condition for a you know forty or fifty year old bike. You know what I'm saying? Though you want all yeah. the fluids to be fresh. You want everything to be spot on and new chain, new sprockets. I mean, yeah. I mean, speaks I mean, to I mean, the weenie aspect of it. Is there a liability around that? And I know you give that some thought with this community. I don't worry about don't that. Don't you? Either. Okay. And you got people wrenching on their own bikes here, and I think that's a big part of the answer. But one of the strengths of this community, you appeal more to younger, newer riders because those are the folks you're helping. Where a lot of the AMA clubs, you know, the local folks I'm involved with, the joke about OMC is old men's club. And that's been for decades. It's not just recent. So they're trying to figure out how to get newer membership into a lot of the AMA clubs. And so that's, you know, San Jose, that's Richmond Ramblers, that's, you know, Cap City, whoever. But if they did community shop days like you do, I think that would draw in this next generation of riders that we want to see pick up the sport and continue it and right. evolve it. I don't know. There's another part of me. I One of the things I love doing here in the garage is exposing people to different types of riding. Yeah. Part of me is like I'd love to like give away a dirt bike to somebody who's maybe not dirt. Sure. You know? I'm telling you, I know. Sport, yeah. sport. I know, yeah. and expose somebody to yeah. a whole other type of writing and again dual i I just i like you know easy parts easy to work on there's just so many and they they look fucking bitching you know you roll up in a vintage dirt bike people think that's cool it doesn't have to be that vintage it could be 90s even even that dr right yeah yeah i mean the dr paint job that that whatever night what year of it it was like the lakers colors yeah, like the purple and yellow. Yeah, the purple yeah, and yellow. It's crazy. Yeah, but there's so many out there, and like an XT250. But I, I, anyway, but yeah, an XT225 would be a great bike. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they go for money though. Yeah, they know they do. Well, but, I'm just saying. Yeah, if, you I, know, know, I know. If we put our our ear to the ground, you know, something in this vein may avail itself for for reasonable. Um, do we restrict it to like um, our Patreons 
or to our rally attendees or yeah, I don't know about all that. <coughs> no, I think you open. It. I think we open it up. I would ask the I would ask podcast listeners, like, dude, if you were going to do your what kind of a raffle do you think would be cool, and how would you do it? And <coughs> what's the purpose of this anyway? We're trying to get new riders into the sport, right? Because we're not trying to make money. Some people raffle bikes for money, right? right. Like, no, oh, buy a ticket and blah blah blah. No, so this uh, isn't that. This isn't really a money thing. No. Um, so one of the other ideas I had. So the question is why. One of the reasons is to help uh, our show get exposure and to find new new people. And one of the ways you can do that is by if people share the post on social media, they automatically get entered. Sure. So we're getting exposure for an entry. But that's if we were just going to straight up give it away as opposed to nominating somebody. And again, how do we deal with a bike that's cross-country or... Do we just, yeah, do we go with something vintage? I, I still am not letting go of the scooter thing, too. They're mm-hmm. practical, and people will use yep, it. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Didn't Emma say there was a, he, she had a line on a Bajaj? I think she Ooh, mentioned that. I'm yes. not sure. Hmm. Yeah, she mentioned that last week, I think. She but bagel if you wanted it. But even, no, all right, whose phone was that? That wasn't mine. Somebody's phone is dinging. Yeah. Not mine. Mine's on. All right. So, but let me play this out. Yeah, my shit's muted. I like. I'm just looking at like all the models in this room. Yeah. Like we could get like um, a little Ducati Monster and fix it up. Like that's just a decent little bike, but not right? F- for not new, for a thousand for a bucks. And for I know. I've seen cheap Ducatis like that low. Yeah, especially if you get to a six twenty Monster. Oh. Mm-hmm. But it just depends. <clears throat> I mean, Emma comes across this stuff. Like there's a monster above Scott's head. What about like a Weestrom or a? Yeah. Or yeah. Or. A versus, or a ver- which are versus. Un- which are undervalued bikes, but a very decent bike. But again, is that a beginner motorcycle? Uh, I would I would say not the best. I would say sure right. they could do it, but I like the two fifty range kind of thing. Six fifty for a new rider. I mean, especially with a short inseam and stuff I mean, like you're that. The, you're the trainer. What do you think, Scott? I think I mean my kid got a Ninja six fifty as a first bike, right? The older kid, and right. it's always been a little bit too big. To have much confidence in learning where, you know, the younger one, Ben, he's on that CB500. Right. Which he's still running a year plus later, and he's pretty happy on that. Granted, he's tall, he's 6'2". Yeah. Well, I think when we're ready to purchase, we'll see what's out there. So the other the other thing is kind of like going back to like the Ascot, right? If we take a bike that we can turn into like a street tracker or a cafe race or something. That would be cool. Where we all, we're really working on it. Yeah. And... And we could morphing it into something really cool. Yeah, it's your totally. Kawasaki. Yeah. You, well, but it looks so, it's so, I know, so classic. That's good I know, stock. But, but I think the big things are something light. You know, you're not going to drop over that easy. Something yep. light. Something, something, light something, something not too tall for yeah, shorter Yeah, get your people. feet down easy. Yep. And something to get a wrench on, you know, where the oil filters and shit's easy to get to. I also chain. like the idea of an old Sportster. You know, yeah, like an 883. Yeah, yeah. Well, when you think a lot of our listeners don't have a sportster i mean haven't ridden harley they're exposing it to that exactly or even an old scrambler i don't know i like look at this yama dt1 right uh, it's just mm, an old kind maybe of maybe not a four stirrup or a two stirrup uh, well that's true yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah not the ideal bike to learn on from experience i don't know so yeah well we'd like to hear from people what do you think we're, we're tr- really trying to figure out um this is a way of just giving back to our community you know um, I wanted to, let's see, I'm going to, we had a topic I'm going to save. I wanted to talk a little bit about 
helmets for a second. Because I've had this helmet sitting in here for weeks to talk about. And um, I just haven't gotten to it. So, uh, you know what? Scott has no idea what we're going to talk about. So, I'm just going to ask you this question. <laughs> okay. say. So, smart helmets, mm-hmm. they've come and gone, right? With different features in them. And they seem to never really have taken off. So, I want to ask you, Scott. Would you, what, what features would you be interested in, in a smart helmet? Like, what would you want in a smart helmet that would be like, yes, this, this is everything I need. Some of the things I've seen, I kind of like, I mean, like having a small heads up display that actually works, having the rear view thing works. Audio was critical. Good audio with a microphone. Mm -hmm. Uh, When the Scully thing hit, I kind of, you know, bit into that too. I didn't spend anything, fortunately. (laughs) But I was kind of enraptured by that idea. And then I'm like, you know, I've got my Sena with the the speakers, the mic. I've got my iPhone on the handlebar mount. Mm-hmm. And I've got the camera because the 10C. I've got everything I really want, except for maybe rear view vision, you know. So rear view, rear view vision is something you would want. I think it'd be good. Especially on riding the Ninja. We put those little circular, the convex mirrors. On mm-hmm. the sides, because obviously you can't see Dick off a sport bike looking backwards. I can't see. You got to move anywhere. your. You got to move your elbows, right? And I don't want to have to move my elbows on a lean forward bike. Yeah. All right. So rear view. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Jim, what is it you would want in a smart helmet? Yeah. So I've thought about this, and we've interviewed, like you said, enough helmet people to yeah. kind of see what's out there and what people are doing. Yeah. So, just earlier this year at AIM Expo, we were yeah, talking yeah. to those guys. Yeah. A, a. I think I'll just start with any helmet. You want good functionality, so you know a, a face shield that goes up and down and works and doesn't break easily. That kind of stuff. Light. I. You know. I, I don't want to sacrifice weight. You know, for Light a lot weight, of this stuff, yeah. right? So I know technology. We're catching up. So the big things for me would be. Um, uh, hands-free voice command of most things. So in other words, I'd like to be able to talk to my helmet, say I have AI in my helmet, and I could say, hey, uh, uh, hey, helmet, um, give me directions to the closest donut shop. And on my phone, it just, boom, pops up on my phone. So basically mm-hmm. Siri. Yeah, Siri in my helmet. But then, hey, uh, turn the volume up. Hey, play Grateful Dead. Hey, um, you know, ask it all. Just talk to have a conversation with my helmet, but have that do my music, do my directions. I could order on Amazon while I'm riding. Hey, can you order me on Amazon some new coffee? Right? Like I would, because I think that I don't think we're far from that technology. Um, that would be huge for me because because I I ride every day, most part, um, and I have the Senna. I've actually stepped up to better headphones um, that plug in. Mm-hmm. I don't use the phone that much because it's just kind of cumbersome. It's one more thing to do. Um, but if all that was act voice activated, that would be great. And so then, just audio, not vi- video. Well, I mean, I think you could add that in there. It's it, it's not as important to me personally. But again, if you could have like the Cine camera set up like that integrated and you could tell it helmet start videoing, right? Helmet mm-hmm. go widescreen. And I think it's totally doable. So, yeah, if you um, wanted that would be like another nice to have for me, but not critical because um, then you got to edit the fucking footage. And that so, you know, the, the Insta360 video I like a lot better mm-hmm. than the Sena stuff. I mean, even, you know, the modern GoPros, the stabilization is so much better. Oh, Insta's awesome. got that wrapped. Yeah, I'm concerned if you add another layer of intelligence on the voice stuff that, um, it you know, you got such a small market sliver of motorcyclists in general. I know we're a huge community globally, but compared to everybody else, they're making stuff like Siri and Hey Google for we're really small and you got one more layer and it's like, okay, is that layer going to talk to the phone? Okay. 
I don't know. Yeah, I, the other yeah. thing that pisses me off about smart helmets, even what Sena's doing, is that you have to get a certain model of Sena for certain helmets. Yeah, yeah. Like, they've got the Shui Neotech, too. I really like the helmet, but you're supposed to get the uh, the Sena that's made for that one. And I like to be able to change out my helmet and my technology separately. So it's important to me they'd maintain that. And I like the camera on the 10C, but it's bulky and it hangs out there, right? Yeah, I'd like to have all of that should be integrated. Like when okay. I've been talking Senate, you're just, your helmet has all, because we've seen some of that integration already, but it all should be kind of integrated in there. That's my, many, my, my, my vision and wants. And the other thing we were looking at the break free tech, uh, uh-huh. you know, the break free tech mm-hmm. brake light that you put on the back of your helmet has an accelerometer that could be integrated as well. Now, Liza brought up all that stuff takes up space and sacrifice, blah, blah, blah. But I'm yeah. just saying, as technology evolves, um, those are things I would like to see. So just so, voice command helmet. Um, and then throw that break free in there, and everything integrated. And even the big players, though, they farm out that. I mean, Shui does not do the audio stuff. The partner with Sam. Oh, sure. Yeah. Anyway, so those I are my like, two cents. I'd like a uh, blind spot monitor. Mm-hmm. Um, now, so what would that would, like? Would it be a little light? Yeah, like, like a little a, light on each side. Kind of almost like up. in the uh, almost like in the rear, in the side mirrors. I think sure. motorcycles are starting to that's starting to come on bikes yeah. and all that kind of shit's mm-hmm. coming so online. I also would like. I love a. I love the ways, you know, hey, accident coming up, uh, traffic. So I'd love sort of that kind of a mm-hmm. rerouting information there. You know, that would be kind of cool now thinking about because the heads up stuff, I had a BMW yeah. when I was in Maui last time and it had some heads up stuff and it was cool. But then when I got back to my Toyota truck, I realized I didn't like it that much. Mm-hmm. But if you're on the road and you could get a hazard alert from Google, yep. it says yep. like fucking traffic is stopped. Yeah. Yes. Half I do mile. that with just Apple Maps to work. Either. Yeah, it's I do like that. I know the way to get yeah. there, but right. I like to see what traffic But if you could have today. that integrated and the heads up display and you could program it so you could everything from your speedometer or you could just do certain little parameters that that would be kind of cool. Well, and I like my my Toyota. Um, if I'm not paying attention, it'll tell me like, "Hey, you need to." It'll start beeping at it'll you. It'll start beeping. Yeah. I actually like that. Mm-hmm. I do too. And I would like. Um, oh, there's one more thing. Sorry, it's gone now. Those BMW oh, glasses. Speed, uh, speedometer. Um, a speedometer. In the just heads like up. up a, yeah, in the heads up, just like in the left side corner, just just so I don't have to look down. Just keep 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 an eye on it. So when the Scully came out, which was one of the first, right? It had the little sight glass that you could have maps, directions, stuff like that, right? Um, And then you get, like the one we were interviewing earlier, they had lights on flash, like left and right, to tell you which way to go. Or if there were cops, it would be blue and red. So you didn't have to, like, yeah, you didn't have to look down at your your phone. And then right here, I have got... I had so much hope. This is the Quinn uh, from a couple of years ago that uh, I was so excited about. The Quinn boasts safety features, unlike others. And what I what I loved about it is that it's got the impact sensors. Do you remember this one? So it's got impact yeah, sensors. So if it takes an impact, it logs logs it on the app on your phone, and then it can notify. People kind of like your. I've got the Apple Watch thing. does the same thing. I I was on yeah. a ride with a, a club ride and you know I had a low speed roll off the bike and my watch starts beeping. It's like okay, you know, yeah. and you get to one button. I fell, but I'm okay. Yeah, right. Except this one will log where the hit was and what the G force was on that hit and how many impacts it was, 
And if you were motionless afterwards, meaning you are unconscious, this is meant for the medics to have information before you have arrived at the hospital. And there was this whole concept of this will log information. And the other thing I liked about it, all these smart helmets, where do you put all the technology? Because that takes up space and right. its weight. So with Quinn, they said, well, we realized everyone has a computer in their pocket. Mm-hmm. All we have to do is have the sensors that will communicate with the phone through Bluetooth. And then the phone is the computer. So they don't have to have all of it. I said, this is great. I'm in the problem I have with this helmet. And the reason that I never wore it, it's got the integrated communication system that will not work with any other communication (laughs) system. That's the stupidest. Of course. Everybody wants to own the whole system. It, will only work with your phone. You can make phone calls, you can listen to music, but you cannot communicate with anybody else, which to me was a deal breaker because that's the reason I have comms on. Two, it has, this is the adventure helmet and it has a visor that did not extend out past the brow of the helmet. It was for looks only and had no function. So on this one, you'll see this is a different color. I actually cut the visor off and took a oh. dirt bike visor and and riveted it on cool. so that I could actually have mm-hmm. a functioning visor, which we use often here riding into the sun. And third, it was, even though it looks very nice and has this nice construction, every time I put it on, the cheek pads pop off and roll up my face. <laughs> Yeah, that shit gets old And fast. I'm like, oh, this gets old. That's, but, that's why I went from Schubert back to Shuey is for comfort. And but it's a great name. The biggest know? thing was the comms. But <laughs> what I loved about, I love this concept that it would log information for the medics. And I'm sad to see that, that really never took off. No one else ever picked that up and carried that on. Yeah, and this but, wasn't successful enough to build that community, that network. So what... That was your phone, John. You are not <laughs> muted. But look, it's on total mute. You are not muted, John. Jeez. Jeez. Um, what I want in a helmet, I, I kind of like the heads up. I want to watch reruns of Friends. Yes, yeah, so your but, brain your brain is on another level. <laughs> no. You want to you want to have a split screen so you could watch Friends in one corner, Glee in the next, <laughs> and then and then play Kino in the other corner. <laughs> yeah. And have a shopping list. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, this yeah, is yeah. the nice thing about the quad lock because I could attend Teams meetings while I'm riding and look at the spreadsheet that's on my phone. You know, there terrible you idea, of course. But no, you're right. So on my helmet, teach that in the schools too, or what? <laughs> multitasking on spreadsheets and writing. Oh sure, yeah. yeah. It's just, yeah, that's no. that's exercise twenty five something. I don't know. Um, on my helmets, yeah, I have the ten C. So you have a uh-huh. camera and communications <clears throat> in one radio, do anything, and then um, and then the the break free, which is added. Mm-hmm. These are all added on things. It would be hard. I don't. Th- I think it might be hard to uh, to integrate a break free into the helmet without it really um, getting heavy. I don't know. We saw Mark Rober make a Nerf Maybe. gun the size of a strand of DNA. True. So, so I, I I love the safety features. I love lights. I would I would like to see smart helmets with some more lights. Maybe even like glowing lights. That'd be kind of cool. So like uh, what are those gun sights? The ACOG gun sights that have the iridium in them, mm-hmm. and yep. it's like that little bit of yeah. I would like to see add add more visibility. But in a way that is stylish because people don't like visibility because wearing yellow vests isn't cool. I wonder why we haven't seen that. Some sort of a, a light you can display. Go, see some, go to AliExpress. Some Tron-looking helmet. Some Tron-looking <laughs> yeah. Tron thing. Go to Banggood. Like, you can probably, buy these. 
Yeah, it's a these, ribbon. It's like a really kits. thin ribbon of mm-hmm. LED. Mm-hmm. Of course, and it, it can kind of pulse all around there. If it's in the helmet, it probably creates the fracture lines for when you hit that pavement on where the helmet blows apart. That would be cool <laughs> seeing lights, though, man. You know, and I also have uh, up here, right? All the ex- most expensive, uh, I guess it. I think it was up here. I have the Revu helmet. Did you ever try that on? That's the with the mirror tunnel over the it's top, got right? The, yeah, it's got a periscope so you can see behind you. Yeah. Or maybe that periscope you made as a kid. <laughs> yeah. Well, and um, here's the, the funny thing, though. So uh, a colleague, uh, a front instructor friend of mine had one. And the temptation is you got the prism up there, you know, yeah. above your line of sight. You see something behind you, and you tilt your head up, and now you're looking at the ground behind your bike. Oh. <laughs> so you have to just tip your eyes up without tipping the well, whole Well, here, here's up. the thing with that one. There's a learning curve because you have yeah. a small mirror bar mm-hmm. um, uh, up above your, your eyes, and you learn to – like when you first look at it, it's hard to distinguish what you're seeing, mm-hmm. and your brain has to be trained to take that little slim image and to expand it in your head. It's weird. But once you get used to it, then you can fill out the picture. Your brain fills out the picture. It's it's nice. But so I kind of like having the the heads up that does let you kind of see behind you. I don't know if it needs to be in the helmet because you can buy mirrors that have a image in the tips of the mirrors showing you what's. I do those mini convex things. It's know? like six bucks for a pair of the track no, there's mirrors. Ones, I slap those in everything I ride. No, but there's ones that have attached to a camera. So it's actually playing a full of like full image behind. Okay, you. yeah, one more screen in front of you. This is the thing riding riding with with um, with Emma and Cat in Italy. In the mirrors, the yeah. screen is in the mirrors. Yeah, but you got your GPS, you've got your um, your TFT screen that's got all the bike displays, and then I got the camera over here, the Insta on the handlebars. And even though I didn't need it because it's like in a U.S. plan, I got my mobile phone up there, and it's like, oh, what should I watch? Maybe the road. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let me throw out some other ideas of what a smart helmet maybe could do. Maybe it could be uh, having like an accelerometer so when it senses that you're doing a wheelie, your mom's voice will come in and go, cut it out. (laughs) Camera turns on. Cut it out. You need some like automated nose plugs so when you're riding near Stockton near the cattle ranches, it's just like, Shoves up in your nose. <clears throat> Something like to like, like, but would, also like, hey, you're 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 coming too fast into this corner. Slow, or slow, or you could have know? like Liza's voice in my ear going, "Your blinkers on, stupid." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be oh my god! Yeah, you could just sense that your blinkers okay. on. That, okay. That's yeah, enough that of a smart idea. The, the corner speed. How about this one? If you got like a heads-up display that shows you the right apex path. Oh. That'd be cool. Ooh. Corner trajectory, outside, inside, outside. It'd also be great if it could detect like gravel or sand on the road. Yeah. Hold on, you're on to something there. It could, be a- without being too distracting, just if you had a, uh, a visor that it could put a line into the visor. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the track day guys would be all over that. It's like your waiter. I suggest you take this line right here, entry point and exit, and, you know. Let me ask you this. Would you guys trust a helmet that <laughs> the visor was just a screen so you actually couldn't see through it, but it had an expanded field. Like a Star Wars blast shield helmet or something where you just... Or like, yeah. yeah. Like a submarine. So last night, Ben and I went to Oakland Motorcycle Club's um, Christmas cocktail party kind of thing, and we were talking about what he's interested in. Ben actually would like to do a vintage bike rebuild. He's 20, right, mm-hmm. for context. You know, a lot of the a lot of the guys are hold on. Are, to find 
vintage to a 20 year old it's all relative but he's thinking like uh an r80 gs airhead okay, oh, okay. all right all right i yeah. I, I thought you were gonna say like uh a cbr <laughs> fri is a vintage bike they are yeah <laughs> you know but you part of the reason we do this is because it's so analog depend uh, compared to driving a car yeah, yeah, yeah. So the whole conversation about the smart helmet, as much as I like, I like my Santa, you know, I like the, the iPhone on the handlebars. And I like, I'm getting used to the GPS after Italy, but it's also kind of anathema to the whole experience right. of you see and feel the motor vibrations. You have to lean it with your body. You don't just like turn a steering wheel like you're, you know, watching a big t- uh, TV screen. Yeah, I feel that way when I go from my Tiger to the KLR, which has nothing on it, but it's it's kind of fun. To have that analog yeah. experience again, I I, I way prefer. I think when it comes to visuals, I, my own personal preference. I think less is definitely less is more. Like just riding yesterday, I was on the Nikon, taller windscreen, you know, kind of a little more stuff mm-hmm. in front of you. And I hop back on the Suzuki, and it's just nothing. You're looking kind of almost <laughs> above the windscreen. But what I noticed interesting when I was driving that BMW in Maui, it had the the heads up thing. It did a lot of that speed limit going over the speed limit, rough mm-hmm. road, thousand feet ahead. And I'm like, at first it was annoying, but then I'm like, that's kind of cool. I got used to it. But when I got back to, to town, I flew into San Jose, hopped back in the Toyota truck. And when I came over the hill, I found I only glanced down at the speedometer like two or three times. Mm-hmm. So I, a lot of the visual stuff, it's kind of like nice to have. But again, it, it gets in the way, I think, a lot of the motorcycling experience. Um, so I, I, for me, visually, I, I'm cool with just open road in front of me. Oh, but last thing I'll say on the visual thing, nanotechnology. So when you're riding in the rain the water stays off your face shield. Yeah. If it would just keep your face oh, yeah. shield clean yep. in the rain, some nano shit could do that. Or fog or just fog. Or anything. Yeah. Just keep moisture and shit off. Even or bugs even, right? Something crazy like that. Force like field. Like little robots that would go and clean it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> or a force field. I So I will um, second you on voice commands. And I think they may do it. I've had some that it does pick it up. But like, I because there are times where I just want to go like, uh, call home, but I don't think the Senate is connected to the phone in that way. I'm not sure, but I've I think I've had. I think there's workarounds like, you could make it work, but it's not. Like, I've never been able to get it to work that way. Seamless, yeah. I haven't but, even but, tried the built-in. So frustrating. But I do. I, I want to be able stuff. to do. I I think you're right. If well, that should not be that much of a stretch. Well, you could take it to the next level remember we were talking about integrated clothing you could even be like right turn signal left turn signal no i'll just throw ideas out there that. but remember we were saying like you could point your finger out and your shit would now happen. if it sensed your eye movement and when you looked at your mirror no but it, All right, we're getting you, off the reservation yeah. no but i second you i want to be able to just give voice commands because uh, even just like when Kat and I were riding through UK and I'm like, oh, we're running late and pe- we're meeting people at Ace Cafe and I'm having to send texts with my gloved hand <laughs> while riding on the freeway, you know. It wouldn't be as cool a story if you didn't have to do that. True. I, am pretty, you I am pretty good I mean, at whatever it. it ends up being, I want it to be like an Apple thing that just like works. Elegant, simple, yeah. usable. You have to. But I, I will how, say how I, about, I would. How about infrared? Because, you know, mm-hmm. some of the high-end cars will have hmm. an FLIR. If you've got deer fall. by the side of the road. Oh, deer or yeah, foggy? Like or, yeah. That would really be useful on a bike. Well, I think, yeah, ra- <laughs> ra- radar alert. Hmm? Yeah. Problem is, is this helmet's going to be $5,000. <laughs> it <laughs> no, look like something no. you're going to wear to Mars, right? No, yeah. remember what Quinn already figured out. We're carrying 
the computer in our pocket. The technology goes into the app on the phone. The helmet just needs to communicate with the phone. What's the break free way? What do you mean? How much? I mean, you put it in your hand. Oh, how much is it? Oh, I don't have one on me. Oh, they're ounces. They're very light. I'm thinking about you get all these illuminated garments people have now, right? And so you you put on a jacket and it's got like a whole freaking turn signal sleeve and your whole arm blinks the direction you're going to go or something. And they could do that like something you slip over your helmet. That's your illumination. And you could take it off when you don't want it, whatever. Well, I think so. I mean, what are the, the. What are the handicaps or, or the reasons that people haven't bought into the helmets? They're they're a thousand dollars and up, right? Right. Mm-hmm. I think the first thing is the price. Now, when Quinn came out with this helmet, and it was not that much more expensive than regular helmets, which was the other reason I was like, I'm in. I'm just so disappointed that the product was. They don't work great. Didn't well, that's work like great. VC. You you got to make the initial offering at a mm-hmm. price point people will bite on, and then. You know, if you get some market share, then you can bring it up to what it actually costs. Well, I'd be curious. Remember that company we saw at AIM last year? I can't remember their name. Remember the helmet company, though? They had the red and blue light flash from the yeah, cops. Yeah, yeah. Come. And it was pretty cool. And they were <laughs> they were just getting off the ground, but they were Australian. And they already had like, I don't know, 500 or 5,000 orders. So they were kind of in that phase. I'm, I'm curious where they're at with things. But the thing I see in a lot of these helmets is they don't work well. And they're somewhat gimmicky. Um, yeah. you know, they, the, they're almost like proof of concept items. Um, you know, the, the stuff you could do it, it works, but it, you know, it, it, there's, a, I guess there's no market demand, but like even the rear view would have the review mirror, that whole thing, Yeah, yeah. you know, it worked kind of okay, but not great, you know, and then, well, you know, the Quins are, they got them on sale now for two ninety nine. I mean, that's, that's yes, doable. But is that you, Snell rated? I don't think they're Snell rated. I think they're just DOT. You know, so, well, is the yeah. music pumping? Like, because that's that's my one big thing with that. Like the if you're, I mean, shit, they're ECM. I'd be. I want some music it. that pumps. That's what I want. So, the, when Google Glasses first came out, remember that? Yeah, yeah, that was a flop. The Explorers. It, it was, but I did they're you ever back try them? Now. That shit's I never back did. Now. I know my doctor still uses them. I did. Them. I I tried it. Yeah, and I'm like, this is pretty cool. They're back out now. You can get and Ray-Bans. I've always been curious. Oh, like, where are they? Yeah, yeah. And I, I, that's why I could see having that heads up display in a helmet. Do we need to have the map in your helmet when I can have it on my phone just below? Maybe not. I, you, I don't think people want to have too many visuals cluttered. I was going to say yeah. if you had decent turn by turn audio, but isn't it, which it already does? Yeah, so that's all you. Isn't need, it really? better to have a heads up display so you're your heads are up instead of because that meant that millisecond that you look down could be that's your life. i'm saying forget the map on the phone just do audio well, i'm turn thinking more turn. like yeah the way bmw did the the gps you know the map on the gps and the way it was located on that gs i rented in italy it's uh it worked really well it wasn't mm-hmm. too much of a distracting it's up there in your line of sight i mean there's a reason they do it for fighter pilots that's true and you know. what about these bmw glasses i mean i don't think any of us have got our hands mm-hmm. on them i think no, it's still a concept phase but they're looking at like a stylish pair of eyeglasses that does these things, and it's for motorcycles. It doesn't help people who wear glasses already, though. God, I don't know. You could probably get it in script. Yeah. So I'm just going to say the most common uh, attachments for motorcycles is a camera, is a comm system. Yep. So right there, if you can get that integrated into a helmet. I'm, but there's still right? an argument hold about Hold on, hold on. Those are just the simplest things. And I think that because people will buy a helmet, people will pay four six hundred dollars for a helmet, right? Then they put many people put a GoPro on. How much are you spending on a GoPro? 
Yeah, but the benefit of that is my GoPro, GoPro breaks. It doesn't jack my whole helmet up. Or if I know, I set yeah, up, I know. You know. But how much do you pay for the GoPro? They're what three five hundred bucks. Yeah. And model? then how much do you pay on your comm system? One hundred fifty, right? Uh, you get the Sena these days like three hundred. Yeah. So people are already willing to then pay if you look at the Sena ten C, right? Yeah. And then throw on a uh, break free another hundred bucks. So you're looking at a thousand dollars already. But I wouldn't buy a thousand dollar helmet because, as you said. You, I can't transfer that between helmets. Right. So uh, a way to look at it, when I used to teach, you know, I'd, I'd show off, you know, I'd, I'd have the arrow stitch, my, you know, my, my gloves, my boots, everything like that. And the students are looking at this and it's like, this is thousands of dollars worth of stuff. It's like, yeah, it is. But if what you can afford is a decent helmet, even a pair of work gloves, mm-hmm. start it with a denim jacket or, or built, leather jacket. Built some jeans not that boots. expensive. That's true. That's yeah. true. And built didn't, didn't exist when I was doing that kind of stuff. But... We work our way up, right? And even for an experienced rider, so you know, you get something like you drop a grand on an EOTech two, which is a great helmet. I really like mine, but it doesn't have all this stuff in it. If I want to go up, I can spend more to put in that Sena to put on a mm-hmm. camera. But the base price of it for a premium product—that's something I'm reasonable to spend. Where I'd probably think a lot harder if I had to spend for the audio system right. and a camera every time I bought that exactly. helmet. It's like I agree with that. Yeah, I think I I I, I think that really the one I, I like I like the safety focus. Maybe even airbags. Yeah, in the helmet. I'm right? seeing more of those with the guys I ride with. But I do like the idea of having a heads up that lets you see if you could do a heads up around you and has sensors. Because Jim, we were riding yesterday. We had those guys on the Ducatis. Boom! boom I didn't see them coming you know, up. Behind you know, we need to try. It's like you'd see on an old Ferrari Dino, the early Japanese sports cars, the little mirrors out on the hood, halfway up. Just have the she's little mirrors. She's got four, four yeah. or six. Mounted, she's got them on the right night. here. On she's your already temples. got it on a Yeah, but. A lot of the new cars now do have the little lights that light up on Those the mirror nice. to let you know there's nice. something yeah. coming up. I I can see that that would be good. I think having more spatial awareness. Yeah. Well, you know, some of the interesting things coming online, I want to check out the new BMW uh, GSA because it's got a lot of bells and whistles. But like the cruise, you know, motorcycles with uh, whatever it is, the interactive cruise control. I think mm-hmm. Suzuki's coming out with yeah. that. So motorcycles are starting to come out with, I, I know we're getting away from helmets, yeah. but a lot of this funky kind of tech stuff is really starting to cross over into motorcycles. Well, here's what I would like for the heads up. I, if if you could build it into a, sh- a face shield that I can buy that would specific to the helmet I have so that it comes with the shield, not with the helmet itself. And there's some sort of connection into your cell phone like Quinn does, you know, because then you could buy the helmet you want if the shield is available and fit right on. Like getting a pin lock. Exactly. Exactly yeah. like that. That could work. Yeah, like a heads-up pin lock. I yeah. can see that. Yeah. Yep. Let me throw out one other feature that might be interesting. Something that my mom, the reason that she wants to keep her Tesla so much, she loves the feature that it's showing you the uh, on the cam- Not It's not really a camera. It's all the sensors are showing you where all the cars are around you the top on the down screen. View? Yes. Yeah. It shows you and then shows you where all the cars are around you. That might be interesting if you just like have that. little like shadows mm-hmm. on an image showing you where all the other vehicles around you mm-hmm. are, rather than just a reverse camera, something that's showing you like... And I've never seen anything like that even talked about for a bike, but I really like that idea. I had a Mitsubishi, like a big SUV over in the UK, and they had these t- 
terrible tiny little parking spots, but you get the top view in the display. And so I could see exactly where the walls and cars were around because I'm like inches. You just, you know, a gnat's mm-hmm. ass from bumping it into something. But I would say, uh, and I think also it would be really cool. And as an instructor, if you had one that could tell you how to navigate the terrain, tells you the curve, what speed you should be, what gear you should be, if it's a coach. As long mm-hmm. as it's got a sport mode. That not, could be kind of cool, that. right? It could be kind of cool. It'd be neat to see somebody try it. Yeah, but somebody sure. goes flying off. Of, they miss their apex. They go flying <laughs> off. And then who are you going to sue? It's like my it's, weenie question about yeah, liability. It's not exactly. always about going faster. When I was in Pakistan, I had Very one of the women though. riding dirt for the first time with me. She found it incredibly, incredibly helpful. I was telling her, okay, heading up the hill, you should be in this gear. Now you want to wait this, do this. And I just kind of was <clears> coaching her how to navigate it. More yeah, comfortably? That, I, that's the feature. We've got to have your voice narrating each technique. You know, if I, I could I, have that for my whole life, I probably would be better. Oh Reminds it would just tell me on a daily basis oh what to do. I'd take a handful of pills. John, no. you forgot your, de- <laughs> forgot your deodorant, John. Put your deodorant on. Yeah. You stink. All right. But you know what I, I like about your kind of idea? And I like thinking about these concepts in a way that don't think why they can't work, but think in a way like, yeah, how, how could we kind of make this work? But if you think about the impact AI is starting to have, because I'm super curious about AI, you could you could have an app, whatever, in your helmet. At the track, I think it would be kind of good. Because I think you could actually develop oh, yeah. types of algorithms, yes. or whatever magic hocus pocus Tells they you where do. you can go faster. Well, breaking points, yes. apex points. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of this, I don't ride track, but I think <gasps> Love that, idea. that could be an application because you're going lap after lap after lap, and it could... It will learn along with your writing. Well, or in the dirt, that would, cool. that would coach the you like, hey, yes. I mean, so Josh was on the Italy trip with me. He invited Ben and I up to Thunder Hill, and we were at the track there. And they'll, mm-hmm. these guys, a lot of the guys will put the GPS on their, their bike, and it'll right. track lap, lap times, acceleration, everything like that. So they can do that, but you probably don't want the data real-time when you're on the track because – it's kind of a lot to think, at least for me. I can see the I, dirt, I, though. If, we, if, if they're like, hey, you're coming up on sand. Okay, loosen up on the bars. Yeah, No, I you know? I could totally see it on the yeah. track. It would no different than be having a track coach riding right behind you and say, okay, we're coming up to this braking point. We're going to break you know, we're gonna break 30 meters less this time. Because to me, the AI, yeah. we're not there yet, but we're going to be there shortly where it can probably coach you better than a human coach could based on all the parameters that they could put Probably. in there. I mean, the doctor, the, the AI doctors are already better, which is scary. Let me throw out one other possibility that a smart helmet could do. What if it's just communicating with your bike and giving you data on your bike? Like um, chain tension. Your passenger's oil, body temperature. Oil temp. Um, it could be like $6 million tire man. Wear. There's all these readings come up when you spool up your bike, you know, tire pressure, oil, blah, blah, blah. That could blah, be blah, interesting, blah. Yeah, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no? yeah. Nah. I, I am coming back to the whole analog <clears throat> thing. I mean, like we talked about with the bike giveaway, do you want a sport that suffers fools readily and is, you know, you got all this different stuff or do you want it to be this lifelong learning process? where you get better and better the longer you do something until you buy, you just can't do it anymore. But doesn't like, mm, I don't know. I think, I think it people be, don't it, like technology or change at first, but it actually makes things. Better. I mean, it lowers I just, the barrier I just want to for, hear my for music entry, good. That's it. <laughs> I just want to be able to hear my music. And That's then you all. see some dude dressed up like Darth Vader playing a bagpipe on a unicycle. It's like, he's not doing that because it's easy. Or the reason people ride vintage bikes, you know, and my buddy Patrick and the airheads thing. It's because 
you have to, you know, like holding, holding a classic car. When somebody's driving around in a classic car, it's like, you don't just like throw a lot of money at it and suddenly you're in, at least not for the long haul. If you want to keep that on the road, you have to know how to tinker with it. Right. That's part of the joy. Yeah. But there's still the daily driver question. And for a daily driver, we want maybe something that's looking out for us a little bit. Yeah. Sure. Well, it'd be interesting to see what does come out in the future because none of the companies yet have really nailed it. And you know what? None of it's stuck. Yeah. You Mm -hmm. don't see any of that technology, any of the helmets that we all buy normally. Right. That's what VC money is for. You you throw crap at the wall and maybe maybe you knock it out of the park and maybe it's a dud. Yeah, uh, that's why I'm like, I think we're, we're right on that cusp where it keeps, they, they keep trying, they keep trying, they keep trying. Nothing's really stuck yet, which is going to be the one that really takes off with it. And what is it that we really need or want? In a well, helmet? I'll throw this, you know, a couple of more basic, a quieter helmet. I would love a quieter helmet. Yeah, absolutely. It's hard to find a But can't you helmet. have a noise canceling helmet? I'm just talking yeah. about where the wind seems to come up under your helmet. You could. Yeah, why not? I'd love something like that. Just He's got quieter a noise helmet. Mm-hmm. There is something. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm going to keep going back to this. Something about the purity of the experience of you and the machine and what you can see and respond to. You know, Jupiter's like travels it. or, you yeah. know, one man caravan. Yep. Yeah. I, maybe I there's no future it, there. It's I back to personal preference. I, yeah. I think Scott yeah. and I tend to, I, I fall maybe both of us less is more the less i see the better i just really want a quiet helmet that i can hear my music in for the most part but liza you (laughs) you get off on and it's not a bad thing but you like the information you like yeah you like your tire pressure displayed on your you know your little thing there and stuff so but i I think to respond to that is you can have it all in fact i have multiple helmets that i wear for different bikes yeah it's not about the one i mean jim you have how many helmets do you regularly use? Two. Dirt and street, right? Yep. John, how many do you regularly use? Four. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I've got my halfy for the scooter. I've got two identical helmets that I swap between mm-hmm. that I can move all my, my break my break free and everything uh, to them. Um, I'm always looking for a third. So, yeah, I mean, it depends on the bike you're riding. Yeah. At so one you point, can ha- you can have it all if you're getting on your old vintage bike. You can have you got a big enough checkbook. And you can have nothing everything. going on. But if you're <laughs> yeah. getting on your BMW and want to have all the info, or you're commuting and want to be able to have more information about all the cars around you while you're going over the Bay Bridge in a storm, I mean, Ooh, could you have a cooling helmet? It's been tried Ooh. with uh, yeah, the Peltier like device and the seat? crown. Air and they say you turn it up too high, you get like an ice cream headache. Oh, I bet it would oh. fuck you up. But it's just kind of interesting. Yeah. Sometimes you get, I don't know. That's why we're throwing shit out. I don't remember the out. brand name, but that's been done. And it helmet. just, I don't think it really <laughs> took off. They're not available now. Now you get, you know, you, you take a wet rag and you wrap around your neck or something. It's that's like, it. I like that. Old school analog survival. It doesn't work in the Southeast, though. You just like Bake, suck it yeah. up, be miserable. That's right. What about aromatherapy? Ooh. I want some lavender, some sandalwood. What about like a little panel that pops up if somebody cuts you off and then it shoots in the finger? <laughs> That's been it done the too. Italian, <laughs> yeah. Then it starts the Italian Spider-Man all over the place. Aerostitch at least has one of those. That's a gag item at least. 
I like the I like the aromatherapy thing. I'm waiting for for apple. If it was two stroke aromatherapy, oh, because because we have a two stroke candle out in the garage. It's and it's so disappointing because it doesn't smell like two stroke. Oh, you know what I picked up today in my house? I lit is a candle that's called the Lost Boys candle. What does it smell? Blood red. Ew. Yeah, it smells like degenerate youth. <laughs> smells like, it smells like sticky popcorn is on the movie theater. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> it smells, it smells like Teen Spirit. <laughs> smells like Teen Spirit. Yeah. yeah. Well, of course, we want to hear from uh, people out there. What What have we missed? What What do you want to have in a helmet? You can have safety features. You can have information coming to you from the outside world. You can have information from your bike. You know. Um, there's a lot of different things it can do. What what do you what do, what would you want in a helmet? That's what I want to know. Better hydration options. That's other than, worth, other than that's shoving a straw like kind of up there. Somewhere. That's the truth. So you could it also be a bartender. You could just order that your drink. That actually be that would not be that hard to integrate, like a bite valve from a Camelback or something like that, that would be great. into the helmet. In the when I was in the army, we had that inside the gas masks. You get oh, really? these canisters and the whole thing. And there's this little straw, right? And you flip a lever that's on your little pig snout of the mask. Yep. And the drinking straw comes forward into your mouth. If you could have like something where you could attach it to your schlong and then you could just pee while you're riding. <laughs> that's been done too and for iron butt riders. So yeah. te- <laughs> We're still talking about helmets, aren't we? Technically, did Barry Sheen invent <laughs> just which the, helmet? <laughs> did Barry Sheen invent the first smart helmet? How so? When he oh, drilled, yeah, when drilled the hole for the cigarette, so that he could have the cigarette. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say yes. <laughs> Nowadays, it'd be the bong attachment for your chin. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I didn't say that. I, well, we didn't have anybody yeah, yeah, yeah. to ever. Well, who, the, who was the pair of dudes at AMA Vintage Gate days with the gladiator helmets with the two beers on either side of it with the straws that came in? <laughs> there were a couple of dudes that rolled into camp doing that. Oh, I can't remember their names. So that's oh, kind of classic seventies, eighties stuff, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, vintage days. It's like a Duff Man. So, yeah, let us know what you think. What is it that you want in a helmet? Um, I'm curious because it is it is interesting. I just feel like it's we're on the cusp. Like it, any at any time, the, the helmet that everyone's going to want will be introduced to us, but we haven't seen it I yet. I want to hear votes on the hydration system. The more I think about that, the more I really like the idea of when it's mounted in the chin bar. Mm-hmm. Or you can clip onto the chin bar as an add-on. Camelback, please do that. Okay, jo- that's what Scott wants here. Integrated pin lock, there's my next one. So you don't have to actually get a pin lock. The face shield just has that anti-fogging shit right in it. So nothing can get between the two layers? Yeah, well just... That'd be helpful. Yeah, all that. I took mine out halfway, you know, in the Italy trip. It was raining one day on a Wednesday, and it's like, this is horrible. I took it out, and I could see better. And I just haven't ever put it back in yet. All right, all those things. So let us know what you think. Motorcycles and misfits at gmail.com. We have time to do a couple emails. Um, I have two because I have uh, bagels. And, John, you have a very long one that you need to <laughs> paraphrase. So I am going to start with this first one, which is pretty cool. Uh, this one is from John Sagudo. Hey, John. He says, uh, greetings from Sonoma. Salutations. Uh, this is from the independent motorcycle shop, Sonoma Moto. He says, I just wanted to wish you all a happy holiday. I am a regular listener. And like you all, I have a deep passion for our power sports lifestyle. Your well-crafted podcast is fun with a well-rounded group of gifted talents. I have had service shops since the 70s. Oh, wow. Right on. Ooh. That's great. And trained in the European headquarters for many manufacturers. So it is a delight to hear accurate details and lots of fun opinions about our shared passion. 
I won a new custom Indian scout. Wow. Cool. Fun bike. What? That wow. wasn't from a podcast. Uh, so <laughs> as we move in. Oh, and he says, um, thanks to the Hope Motorcycle Rally, mm. um, also known as Hollister Indian Power Sports. Really? That's, wait. I, I've stopped in there. <clears throat> yeah, we were there a while ago. I replaced a gas line on my R65 there. What's the Hope Motorcycle Rally? I don't know. Where have you been? Shop, I know. I know. So as we move into warmer weather, I'm destined to visit the Hollister Indian dealership. They're pretty cool. We like yeah. going there. And I will be sure to make a point of visiting your recycle garage. Great. Nice. Perhaps help out if needed. <sighs> yeah, we'll put you to work. <laughs> yes. Uh, should you ever visit the wine country or attend any North Bay events, I look forward to meeting you. My shop, in a, my shop is often a wide range of bikes, some even older than me. And I've been around the sun a lot. Merry Christmas, you magnificent bastards. Ah, I like that. You, he, would so, have, he would be a good person to know about our vintage bike giveaway. Yeah. Recommendation. Yep. So the Hope Rally is something that happens up in Lake Tahoe in oh. September. And it looks nice. like it's Indian kind of centric. I like Indian. Like Native mm-hmm. American. Yeah. yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. No. That's a, no? Aloni? No, Indian motorcycle. Aloni? Oh. Interesting. Well, cool. Um. All right, John, you have one there. Yeah, I'm going to try to cut some of this up, but I don't know if I can because it's most of it's important. But we'll try. <clears throat> this is from Brian from Cape Cod. Hey, Brian. Hey, Brian. It's Lobst- Cape Cod. Lobster roll. Uh, just finished the episode 52 with my, with Matthew Bieberman and the story about working on bikes with his father, both the stories. Oh, and, and what did you get today, John? I got the book. Yeah, big. Yep, right yeah, here. I got the book. There it is right the there. Book. This was our guest last week, so I bought John. Such Oh, I've read this. Cool book. So his dad. So he, uh, uh, the episode brought back memories of his father Norman, who was a semi-pro drag racing uh, motorcycle, and uh, and built his in his younger days. And he used to build his races. His I'm trying to paraphrase the oh, lines. Okay, okay. Stop it. Uh, Raises uh, own cars in the late fifties through the sixties. Is good enough to hold national records in his class. He was also into motorcycles. He would buy, fix up, and resell bikes. Oh, so like all right, it's a big Sid. He was he was so the guy. Another, another big guy like my yeah, dad and big yeah. Sid. When I was younger, all I wanted to, all I wanted was for my father to teach me everything he knew about cars and bikes, but he was also someone that could be somewhat distant and like to work on things alone. While he was working in cars, the last thing he wanted was a little kid getting in the way. It reminds me of my dad used to make me hold the, the flashlight, and that was the, after yep. about 10 minutes of that. It would just be like torture. I had to get by uh, by absorbing as much information as I can from his stories and asking him mechanical questions until he got sick of it. Uh, when he was in his 20s, I bought my first bike, which was an 82 KZ305. I've never seen one of those. I haven't either. And after a few years of commuting on it, I decided to sell it and get something bigger. My father had just retired at the time and decided to buy the bike for me. Thought he would get back into riding. I thought he and I would finally get a chance together and and have something to bond over. Unfortunately, around the same time, he had a heart attack. And while he ultimately recovered, my mother convinced him to sell the bike (laughs) as she was afraid he was going to have another heart attack while riding. Mm-hmm. Oh. I continued to ride for about another 10 years until I settled down and I had kids of my own decide to sell my bike. Fast forward to 2010, my mother passed away and my father was trying to find ways to occupy his time. He decided he wanted to start riding again. So in 2011, he bought a used 2010 Bonneville. This nice. got me thinking about riding again. So, so a few months later, I picked up another bike, a 2000 Buell M2, great bike, mm. thinking he would finally get that chance to ride together. However, by that time, my dad had taking the Bonneville out a few times and now in his seventies with some health conditions, mm-hmm. he just didn't feel as comfortable as he'd hoped on it. So he just parked the bike in a garage and never rode again. Mm. I continued riding and working on my bikes and even bought a 74 CL 360 project bike to restore. See, that would be a good one. Yeah. 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 
a few months. But they go for money now too. I'm just saying. Yeah, but yes. So uh, a few months after, so then, he, uh, so if, uh, eventually realized they could hold my uh, first trip. To, okay, so his father passed, and I and I went to his place and picked up his Bonneville. It had only 2,600 miles on it. That's like you. Yeah, it is. But uh, ten years after sitting on it, it, has not been kind to it. So it had mm-hmm. sat with fuel in the tank, which is just like me. Yeah, and rusted fifty small holes in the top of the tank. It also had some mice get into it, where it chewed part of the main wiring harness. Even though it was going to need work and he hardly wrote it, I couldn't bring myself to get rid of it. I fixed the wiring and found a slightly dented tank online and have been finished repairing the dents. Um, once I go through the rest of the bike, I have no doubt I will get on the road in the spring. I think because my father and I were never at the point in our lives where we were able to ride together, I feel the strong need to get the Bonnie back on the road. It feels like it will be at least a small tribute to those things that he had taught me over the years, whether directly or indirectly. Father and son relationships can be difficult. I have two boys of my own now, but in the end, I think you just need to take those opportunities and find connections where you can. So I read a long-winded email, but I, but I, like I said, the episode brought back a lot of memories. I attached a picture of me and my father working in one of his first bikes when I was about 16 years mm-hmm. old in the mid-50s. Now that I think of it, I do have one question to throw out to the misfits. I wish Emma was here for this. The replacement tank I got for the Bonneville is in almost pristine mm-hmm. shape on the inside, but while I have it off the bike... Should I take the extra step of sealing the tank just to be on the safe side? No. Are these tanks prone to rusting? I live in Massachusetts, so the bike will likely sit for four or five months out of the year. And since it's fuel injected, I won't be able to easily drain the tank. Any thoughts would be appreciated. I love the podcast. If I was in the area, I would have definitely spent some Sundays at the garage with my old Honda, Brian. Oh, thanks. Uh, It's my experience that in general, the coating techniques aren't holding up to the ethanol gas, so yep, you should avoid that. Yeah. And instead, coat it with a, a film, like a, not WD-40, but they make different products that you can just spray, like spray in there. Oil. And yeah. just for, for storing, that, mm-hmm. then the gas kind of dilutes and it doesn't. So growing up in Minnesota, every winter, and this is before stainless steel tanks and the plastic, I mean, we had plastic tanks, obviously, too. But I would just throw a stable in there, yeah, yeah. and they were good for the winter. Yeah, so yeah, avoid um, the... I know that they've come out with newer types of coating, but in general, you have to do a lot of research and make sure... But the, the ethanol gas is just eating up the problems. I put the, the cream product, K-R-E-E-M, in my 77 mm-hmm. RD 400, and it never really worked great, and it did start to peel a little bit and yeah. chip. Well, thank you for sending that email. I got one more. And this one has a question for us, so pay attention, everyone. Especially you, Scott. I okay. think you can help answer this. Oh, this one is from Austin in Pennsylvania. It says, hey, hey Misfits, looking for some advice on a bike for a young enthusiast. Mm-hmm. My son is 18 and pushes my wife's Suzuki TU250X pretty hard and is asking for help and guidance in finding a higher performance bike. He's had the beginner, intermediate, and advanced total control classes. Oh, wow. But okay. not too much real world mileage yet. Yeah. The guy is fairly proficient, but hasn't ridden anything other than the TU 250 or my Pacific Coast, which is too heavy. Any suggestions for a modestly powerful yet sporty bike that will keep him learning for a few years? SV 650. <laughs> I told him no race bikes with clip ons, just a bike with regular handlebars. He'll have to keep it outside, and our budget is up to maybe 4K. But hoping to find something sporty and reliable, but not necessarily good-looking or a magnet for thievery. Where is he again? 
Pennsylvania. Okay. Says, any short list of bikes? As a teen, he's prone to shiny stuff and not always thinking with practicality, comfort, cost of ownership, and all that adult stuff. How tall is he? I don't know. It says, okay. appreciate your service to our community and cheers. So, so once yeah. again, SV650 versus. SV650s no. are a fun versus. bike. No, I'd yeah. say a, 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 no, a, a don't 650 no. Ninja. The versus? 650 so, Ninja. No, the I, versus I, is. No, kids I had aren't going to like readily to mind. So, a lot of guys in our club. And you know, it, including one of my one of my buddies who joined the the same day I did, he got um, a DRZ for his son, DRZ four hundred Supermoto oh, Roads, yeah. and that's probably what Ben's going to be riding in the Smokies in the spring because a friend of mine, you know, how do you how do you get somebody to rent a twenty year old a motorcycle? And so one of my friends has offered offered us up his DRZ, and I think that could be a nice step up from the two fifty. Not crazy expensive, not crazy powerful, but uh, you know. A good could be a good all rounder, except for the freeway stuff. It depends on what he's using. Six fifty Ninja. Too. That's what he wants. I I, I second know? the versus. Um, Thank you, Jim. I second it because it is so. What I like it's, about they're just it, dorky for a twenty year old guy. They're not a, as dorky. It's not as a chick magnet. Not as dorky. Allie as loved it, it. It says the guy with the KLR. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm fifty five. <laughs> I'm fifty five. I doubt I'd ride that no, thing. I, I was twenty. You, what, you know, <laughs> and the Ninja six fifty. Well, well, it's pretty upright too. It's pretty upright. Yes, it's it upright. Finish it's got sentence. a great motor. Yeah. Um, it's upright. It's got a great motor. Easy seating position. You can accessorize it and do all and those things. And they're undervalued. And they're way undervalued. Is that a parallel twin? Yeah. yeah, yeah. The SP650 okay. is another great choice. I yeah. wouldn't, I wouldn't poo-poo that either. But uh, anything in that range, I'm gonna throw back in the KLR650, and no. here's why: Mm-mm. somebody that age may love to try some adventure, some off-road riding. Yeah, a dual sports you can never go wrong. KLR, DR, any of those kind of things mm-hmm. might open up his world to to riding I, like that, but still keeping them from going too fast. Well, I was going to say, if you're in roads. Pennsylvania and you do have access to rural land and mm-hmm. you know, and the kid likes to hunt or likes yeah. to fish There's or no likes to be in the woods anyway, throw the dirt bike, throw the dual sport in the mix. Because they're, you know, they're, they're yeah. a fucking hoot, dude. Yeah. Well, you can you know, explore DRZ, and go again, camping. You know, For a thousand bucks more, you can get a uh, 650 Interceptor from the uh, Royal Enfield. Actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to double down on this. The answer is two bikes. <laughs> of course it is. And here's why. <clears throat> so Michael came by today on that little uh, C90, right? Mm-hmm. Those those kids love buying these old bikes and just playing with them. Yeah. yeah. So get him a Versus oh, no. for three grand that's reliable. And then get him like an old little dirt bike thing to like wrench on. Learn how to yeah. wrench. Learn how to fix. How to put new piston rings, whatever. Right. This is kind of what I'm trying to do with that DR350 is make it into a family bike and probably mm-hmm. put some lowering links in it. And Ben is looking at what's he going to do after the CB500, which he's had, you know, a year or two now. He's, he's pretty comfortable with it, but he's kind of looking at like a Tenere 700, but he still wants to do an old Airhead as a project bike. Yeah. But right now in Northern Virginia, you can get a 2000 Suzuki SV650 for 3,000 miles. Low miles, there great condition. Fun bike. $3,000? $3,000. Low yeah. miles, great condition. Yeah. SV650 is a lot of bike and goes very fast. <laughs> no, but, it is. Yeah. It's but more doesn't a, have the traction, well, traction control or the ABS brakes. Mm-hmm. I think on a young person, they really need ABS That's brakes. That's one thing I really liked about the CB500 yeah. for Ben. It's, it's injected and it's got ABS. How much, C- how much do they run for? CB500. Oh, that's the 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 F. That's what Evan has out back. The CB five hundred. I don't. I mean, I can. It books out at something like 
that three plus, but I traded my ST thirteen hundred mm-hmm. older higher miles to another instructor for the CB five hundred F. That's a good bike. C- yeah. Okay, here here you go. Better deal on a Versus. This is a awesome bike with no problems. I don't have the miles. Uh, let me see, but uh, Kawasaki Versus six fifty twenty six hundred dollars. Yeah, mm-hmm. in Maryland, mm-hmm. and then get also a dirt bike. Yeah, twenty nine thousand miles. Um, but you know, I'm going to second you, and I I I don't often go to them, but the CB five hundred F. Yeah. That's yeah. our neighbor who's in his yeah. 20s. Great bike. Has one. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a good bike. And yeah. it's sporty enough. It'll it be looks newer. cool. Yeah, they're great. And, or the X, but the X goes for more money. But the CB500 right. yeah. is what like the Ninja 500 from 15 years ago was. Or maybe a Bergman. <laughs> oh, okay, I've taken it too far. Well, so a CB500F is a very good bike that I think has the the looks, the style mm-hmm. that a younger person may may want. The sad thing is, so Ben's is black, and right now we sent his Aero Stitch back to get a new main zipper, so he's using my yeah. transit suit, and he looks way better in the transit suit than I do. <laughs> he's taller and he's a lot thinner. <laughs> like and says cool the thin guy. Bike. Look over here. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> it's all relative, right? And just, I always like to just throw in one, like, just another bike just to, uh, you hadn't thought of. I, I kind of like the, these BMW F650s for, yeah. for the Funduro, the single, yeah, the Rotax motor. Yes. Totally. Okay. Yeah. They're at that point where they're kind of cheap and they're still a basic, simple bike. And you can fuck with them a little bit. You know, you can do aftermarket stuff. Yeah. I think Rotax you can get a GS. I think they're a great get, choice. The BMW F650s. I've always thought they're dorky looking. You, I think you're right on everything else, but I think they're dorky looking. Maybe, but a kid might think of having a BMW is kind of cool, especially if it's one of the GSs. Yeah, that's true. It still is a GS. Yeah. So that's kind of my, my wild card, throwing it out mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. I know we didn't even recommend cruisers or anything like that. Yeah, or, my, the other or thing. Bonneville. Well, I was going to say Triumph. that. A, a, a small Bonneville. You can get those for three, $4,000. I don't know if kids think that the vintage is cool. Do they? Yeah, actually. I mean, some of So my son's 20. His buddy doesn't oh. ride, but he's always looking at sport bikes. I got it. I got it. Okay. I know the perfect bike. What's that? And they'll think it's cool. A Duke 390. Yes. KTM 390 Duke. <coughs> I'm, I'm How much do they argue. go for, though? I don't know. If you're looking for something the kid can work on, I don't know how. I mean, I've heard the other KTMs are hard to work on. I don't know if the 390 is different. That is that is a great bike. You can track it. I mean, you yeah. can do everything. Multipurpose. And I think, the, I think the kids will think it's cool. So... There you go. I or hope four hundred ninja too. I hope, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, so lots of, th- those are those lots are newer bikes are more expensive. Um, I just I think that the versus gives you a lot of bike for the money. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, Ellie, I hope Ellie had the uh, side cases on it too. Yeah. I made a great traveler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot of good bikes. I just have concerns about putting younger people on a bike that doesn't have. Um, ABS, ABS, and that they're so easily can get into trouble. On. But that's how we all learn, though. And it's also going to be your budget kind <laughs> yeah, of Yeah, but we grew up in lawn darts and riding in the back of pickup trucks. Mm-hmm. And we're here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are. But <laughs> We could afford a, y- a lower yield because the birth rate was higher back then. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if the kids these days would have would have survived our childhoods. Mm. 
It's a good question. I don't know if I could survive their childhood with all the cell phones. <laughs> so, the one yeah. thing I miss, though, is riding in the back of a pickup truck. Mm-hmm. I did that with a kid. We were in uh, Borrego Springs last time. He's like seven and uh, his, had never done that. He'd never been out really camping or in the desert for sure. Cool. So we went out uh, to where all the animal sculptures are, if you've been out in Anza Borrego. And, uh, and right as the sun was going down and he got to get in the back of his truck back of the truck and his mom was a little nervous mm-hmm. and we took it super slow. It was like the best day of this kid's life ah, that's being awesome. in the back of the truck riding around in the uh, desert. I'll great. share with you one of my favorite memories. And this, again, this just sums up like surviving the seventies. Um, me and a bunch of my cousins were all visiting grandparents and my grandpa would go, um, load up the pickup truck and we go into the woods searching for burl wood and knots because they burn really good so you look for old trees and cut the knots out stuff and we were playing basically king of the mountain in the back of the pickup truck as he's driving through this wooded dirt road where you're like shoving each other out and then you have to run and hop (laughs) crawl back in and try and shove someone else out no one cares that there are kids children Throwing yeah, each other out of the out back of, the of a truck. pickup truck and having to run and catch up and like the days when bicycle helmets didn't exist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was one of my fa- favorite memories. Back yeah. when I was a kid. <laughs> I know. Well, I Liza's know. going to England. Yeah. So oh. yeah, let's let's yeah. Time to wrap this up. Um, it's Christmas. I'm going to England. What are you doing, Scott? I'm just staying in the Bay Area. Yeah, getting the family all together. Yeah, maybe take some rides out. You can do a little wrenching on the DR while my, while my arm recovers. Oh. John, what are you doing? I've got a brand new puppy. Nice. And didn't you invite somebody? Did you pick up a straggler for Christmas? Perhaps. I haven't got yeah. a text yet. That's nice. You Anybody needs somewhere to go out? for Christmas Eve, let me know. And does Mrs. Stumpy cook anything? Uh, Mr. Stumpy cooks. Oh. Nice. And Jim, what are you doing? Caviar and limos, baby. <laughs> <laughs> So you just saw your son, and yeah, just saw Seamus out in Maui. Man, he's doing great, cutting sushi and doing all so that, looks, living the dream. He looks man. all manly with all of his. I know facial he's hair. taller than I am now. Wow, he's eating yeah. a lot of rice, so he's putting. Some but he's still on skinny. You can still him. take him, I think. I don't know, man. He can box. So I don't <laughs> oh, think that's right. I have to sneak up behind him. So yeah, you, you're staying in town. Yeah, but the kids in won't town. be here. No, Jake. Uh, people know Jake from the podcast. She's deployed again somewhere in the South Pacific. So cheers to her. Oh, can you share what uh, social media post she just showed up on? Uh, the latest was the Royal Australian Navy Instagram page. <laughs> That's all, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah, they, were doing, awesome. Uh, they were doing some cross In her flight suit. They were learning how to cook shrimp or something, apparently. But now it's cool. The <laughs> helicopter pictures, they were out on the flight deck and doing doing their, their shenanigans, as she says. Yeah, so coming up to Christmas, I hope everyone has a wonderful time, that they're getting all the things that they wanted. Um, maybe they're they're buying stuff on AliExpress. <laughs> Who knows? I did get something. I I will have your your Christmas present. I have it, but I'm not giving it Ooh. to you till, oh, till Christmas. So I got I got to tell you show, show you a story. So those that don't know, Liza gave out some Christmas gifts a little prematurely. Maybe premature <laughs> is a bad word, but they're the socks that have a big dick on the side of the sock. <laughs> like if it was sticking out from under my pants, it looked like a dick sticking down. Yeah, have you well, seen this? <laughs> It's not really something I'm going to wear around the house. Surprising. To be honest with you, my girlfriend's a little too refined <laughs> for such. Tom Foolery. So it ended up in a white elephant Christmas gift this morning at the, the girls' pajama party oh, morning. No. And it was it was it was tag team that when we were in Italy, uh, my girl got an apron that was like Michelangelo with a big schlong hanging out. You know? <laughs> I guess it's not a big one, but one nonetheless. Wait, this is the one you just said was refined? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's Michelangelo, bro. Yeah, Come yeah, on. Right, this right, is, right. you know, this is Da Vinci. And, uh, yeah, Liza's showing the picture of the, yep. the dick on the side. It was pretty funny. That's so Liza. But it went to this, this like, straight-up Chinese woman, and it just blew her mind. So I got, I, I saw, I'll send you the pictures of her holding up the dick socks. So they were, they were a home run with our ch- Chinese nationalist friend. Excellent. I tell you, the only thing that confuses me about these is that it's printed on both socks, not just one. I it's like an get opossum like... or something. I guess opossums <laughs> have a fork tip. Some, yeah. Wow. <laughs> okay. Yes. So I hope everyone else is going to have a wonderful Christmas. Yeah, we will be here. Bwomp, bwomp. We're taking it off. I figured no one's going to be listening to podcasts. Uh, but we'll be back for our online Zoom party New Year's Eve if you want to join gonna us. Zoom, zoom, zoom away. You remember? I'm going to zoom, 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 zoom. Don't yeah, get me started. Oh, two, one, three, four. What was it? Oh, two, one, right, Zoomsy, double O-M, boss, three, five, oh, Boston Mass. Oh, two, one, three, four. You don't know this? Watch Zoom. Oh, two, one, three, four. Yeah, I used to work in the in oh two one three four in Boston, and when I people would ask, "What's your address?" I'm like, seventy two Everett Street, oh two one three four. I lived in the same zip code. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, we cross paths. We must have. So. Send us your emails. We need more. We like the questions. We would like feedback. What bike should we give away? All of that. Motorcycles and misfits at gmail.com. You can go to our website, motorcycles and misfits.com. I got to start putting all of our trips next year yep. up. Yep, please. Yep. Catch up with that. And um, yeah, just we'll see you on the other side. Yeah. Break on through. Yeah. So on that note, um, thank you, everybody. I Thanks mean, to our this Patreon. Is, biggest thanks to everyone we've had some recent uh patrons come on at the highest level which is really amazing thank you folks. which is why i just want to keep giving back more which is why i'm like let's do something bigger than we've done before the bike giveaway is cool and i like the idea of soliciting ideas from listeners on like what would be a really cool thing to do with this whole idea maybe even a vintage bmw yeah. i kind of like that yeah, idea totally. too cool all about that. the future of the sport pick yeah. up and fix up i don't know we'll, we'll figure it out um, so thank you everybody um, I hope you have a great holiday Time to get out of here This is Liza Ho 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 <laughs> Scott That's Amore uh-huh. <laughs> I've got nothing clever to say And we are out of here Cool cool cool, cool. cool.